I hate the fact that it's cool to be black these days. Good. I hate this hip-hop fucking influence on white fucking suburbia. Good. And I hate Tabitha Soren and all her Zionist MTV fucking pigs telling us we should get along. Save the rhetorical bullshit, Hillary Rodham Clinton, because it ain't gonna fucking happen. Open our eyes. Every night, thousands of these parasites stream across the border. Over two million illegal immigrants bedding down in this state tonight. $400 million just to lock up a bunch of illegal immigrants, criminals. There's nothing funny going on here. This is about your life and mine. On the Statue of Liberty, it says, give me your tired, your hungry, your poor. Well, it's Americans who are tired and hungry and poor. And I say until you take care of that, close the fucking book. going on and I don't see anybody doing anything about it. And he fucking pisses me off. This isn't our fucking neighborhood, it's a battlefield.
Good evening, everyone. Thank you all very, very much for tuning in to an early but special episode of the Eagles Nest tonight. Guys, yeah, we had to run it early because of our guest, man. We've got a very special guest with us tonight. Joining us is Mr. Rob Rundo. He's returned to us with uh, here at the Eagles Nest. How are you, brother? Hey, doing all right, man. Glad to be back on. Glad to have you back on, man. I'm excited. There's a lot of things that's happened since uh, you were on last that I'm excited to talk about. So, yeah, I think it's going to be a fun conversation, man. Oh, let me get scoot the other way. I got to get... Got to get centered here on the screen. There we go. Uh, Akila, the, my loyal co-host. How are you, brother? I couldn't be better. Racial greetings to you. Racial greetings to the chat. We've got a barn burner here, folks. It's going to be good. Yeah, it's going to be a good one. Yes, guys, sorry. Uh, we were running a little bit behind. Um, Odyssey was acting weird as shit, and it wasn't showing me that I was live, so I ended the first one and relaunched it because I didn't think I was fucking live. I don't know what the fuck is going on. But anyways, what's going on, family? Thank you all very much for being here. Who we got here? Arian Art, what's up, brother? Crazy Kid, what's up, bub? Buckwheat. <laughs> Buckwheat, McToken nigger. What's up, buddy? <laughs> uh, Timestamp, Mario, Dandelion. What's up, family? Abe, Dissident Thoughts. Who else we got here? Bounded by God. Wolf Seeker, what's up, brother? He says production value went up a lot since uh, last 10 did a deal. Uh, damn, yeah. So if you ain't been here since D-Live, it's changed a lot. Uh, yeah, and it's about to get better. I just got the camera and everything. That's something else I want to talk to you about, Rob uh i'm about to venture into another we'll get to that after i say the hellos but yeah things are about to even get even better man so good to see you wolf seeker glad you made your, made your way over here from uh d live man i missed the d live days we had a lot of fun over there jeff goy bloom what's up family falcon thank you very much brother he says good evening looking forward to this one me too brother thank you very much bro. it's good to see you and i did forget to email you and that's my bad uh it's been a busy day but i will get at that i will get at you buddy i promise uh, Dandelion, Beefy, what's up, family? How are y'all doing? Beefy, what's up, Bubba? You Beefy. drunk? <laughs> he says, I'm drunk, but not crazy. <laughs> Take it easy, buddy. We got, a, we got a long conversation to have here. Pace yourself, brother. Uh, John Wilkes Boots, what's up, buddy? My awesome channel. What's up, Bubba? Tipsy McStagger, what's up, brother? Pagan Bear, what's up, fam? Time's up. Besot, what's up, brother? Uh, Mutt, what's up, fam? Uh, I think that. Tay, what's up, family? All right, what's up, Sheen? How's Sheen doing? Who we got over here on Sheen? Foyard, Lethal, CC Francis, Andale, Wilhelm, what's up, family? Uh, Pagan Bears, we got a dual citizen here. Pagan Bears, Pagan Bears, double clutching on the internet. <laughs> Pagan Bears, double clutching the internet. Uh, what's up, family? Thank you all very, very much for being here. Uh, Jamon Roberts says, "Hail Rondo, keep killing it." Hey, try too, man. All right, but getting on into it, yeah, I guess that's a good way to start, man. That'll, that'll run us on into it. So uh, I am now um, wanting to spread my wings a little bit uh, and take this, what I'm doing here, off the internet, right? I'm going to go out and I'm going to start doing some street interviews and like some, I don't want to be uh, grandiose and call them documentaries, but I'm going to go around and like document some things. Like, you know, uh, I don't live too far. I live about 45 minutes away from from Tulsa, Oklahoma. And uh, I want to go down there and I'm going to document the areas where the race riots happened, kind of tell the true story of what happened, how it all kicked off and shit like that. You know what I mean? Also, like I said, I also want to do some street interviews. So I just got a camera uh, and it works as a webcam and it looks way, it, it eliminates all this shit that you're seeing right here, family. Uh, I had it hooked up and it eliminates all this static that you're seeing in my fucking screen, but it doesn't interact with my face software. But anyways, 
uh, that's a big part of what you do, brother, is getting out and and being like a media outlet, a a uh, a a point, a, a hinge point, right for for counterculture. And I think that's a big part of of what we need to uh, start focusing ourselves towards. You know what I mean? Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean the the whole thing with media to rise was like, um, you know, was to to create. Yeah, first of all, to to create something new in our space. You know, to make original content, which I think is something important. Something that we create that's not just reactionary. You know, not just like hot takes on something that's going on today, but to to show us in the image that we want to be shown, and also to tell our stories and give ourselves a voice. And that was the whole thing with Media to Rise. Now it is it is a small crew at the moment. You know what I mean? Like it's only a few guys. I know a lot of people have been hitting me up asking for the you know the latest documentary on the event, which will be out super soon, and all this. But yeah, man, if you should do that, man, everyone should do that. I mean, we like create as much original content as you can out there, man, because there's there's definitely not enough of it in our scene. It, it people might think there is, like you know, because we see so many different podcasts out there and different telegram channels but actually when you really boil it down man there, there's not that much um real original content like especially if you're going to a place like tusla or something like this and and you know filming and getting interviews man this is this is stuff that that we could use more of more of this and and less like you know uh just reactionary stuff i mean that this stuff is great too but you know more original content is is something I'm always focusing on. I mean, that's that's my main goal, you know. There's yeah. no question. Vranceth, my homie, wanted me to tell you that he's working around the clock, buddy. So, yeah, that's good. That's good. That's he's a solid guy, man. I like I like him a lot, man. He does great. He's the best. My profile pic for everybody, just so everybody knows, my, my little picture is done by my homie Francis. So we're very lucky to have him, not just in media to rise, but in the culture. He's done a lot. So, yeah, God bless him. And I mean, um, yeah, the aesthetic, like like tailoring the aesthetic to what we want to see for 3.0, for Active Club, um, is, is, is a great effort and it's important, man. Yeah, of course. I mean, this this is you know. How, I mean, to this day, they still try it. Like when they talk about us or something. Like I saw an article not too long ago, and it was talking about active clubs or whatever. And they use this photo of this guy in like the uh, bomber's jacket with a swastika tattooed on the back of his head. Guy probably weighed around three hundred pounds, you know. And they, they, you know, obviously this is like a stock photo, probably from I don't know, fifteen years ago at least. You know what I mean? And. Yeah. This is what's important about us putting out our own content as opposed to letting our enemies do it and such, because eventually they're going to have to grab stuff from us. Like even, you know, like for myself, you know, for years, uh, you know, the, whenever they grabbed photos and such, it, it would be like, you know, a blurry photo from like uh, a brawl at Berkeley or something like this. But now that they're forced to kind of show to myself or show uh, will to rise guys or Patriot Funk guys in a cleaner image, and it just always makes us look good. Like even though they they'll post a photo and they'll try and say something like "Look at these evil, you know, Nazis or whatever," it still shows something clean cut, good looking, you know, something that that's exciting. And I could like I don't know about you guys, but I could remember when I was like much younger and I was first getting into this. Man, I could remember like um, like googling on you know googling like skinheads or, or white power or something like this and like looking at these photos of like prison guys and such like you know with like you know, 
all blasted up and thinking that this is what you need to look like to be part of the movement. You know, if, if you want to be, if you have these type of feelings, like that when I was first introduced to all this stuff, I thought that if you had these type of feelings, what you needed to do was like shave your head, you know, blast a swastika on the side of your forehead, wear steel toe boots. I thought that's what you needed to do. And today we're going to change that image. And that's like, you know, doing things like putting out tons of original content, putting out our own photos, making sure we look good in them. And they're going to eventually going to, they're going to have to use this, these photos and, and our content and such. And for the next young man who goes and looks, he's going to say to himself, okay, no, I don't need to like, you know, shave my head and like uh, wear steel toe boots to be super edgy. I'm going to need to be clean cut, maybe train lifting the gym. You know, I'm going to need to look like somebody that could be part of the mainstream and such like this. And this is the, the whole point of like a lot of the stuff that I do. The reasons that I put out so much like content photos, like with white lads and such is that they'll have to show these photos and, and they do to, to a degree and stuff. And is going to, fit, like I said, the next young guys, when they're looking to get into this, they're going to think to themselves, what do I need to do to be part of this? You know, like how, how do I, like, cause I got these feelings. Where do I go from here? And it's going to be like, Oh, you got to train. You got to tribe and train. You got to meet guys. You know, you got to be in shape. You got to, you know, uh, present yourself proper, look like a winner. You know what I mean? Things like this. Yeah, right. well, and what we're talking about here is framing, right? Framing matters, right? Framing in, in the public space, in the public eye fucking matters. And the left understands this, and that's why they do what they do, right? That's why they pick the fat-ass fucking slob with a fucking, like, a, a stall helm too small for his head <laughs> and, and a weird fucking patch, right? That's why they pick them, and they blast it all over the fucking, in, all over the newspapers and the internet, right? That's always the fucking, like, front page picture because they realize that framing matters. Uh, and what you were talking about, like, oh, do I need to, you know, look like this? There's also uh, an element of, uh, you know, I've said this before, the... Average, you know, run-of-the-mill, middle-class white person, not even middle-class, really just run-of-the-mill, period, associates uh, national socialism and, you know, racism with violent crime, right? With violent criminals, right? That's where their brain, because of media framing, that's where their mind goes. So another aspect to young men coming in isn't necessarily, I mean, another aspect along with, you know, Kind of like you were saying, do I need to be like one of these fucking, you know, social outcasts with tattoos all over my face? Also, like, what kind of people am I going... There, there's also that reservation of what kind of people am I going to be surrounding myself with, right? Do I Am I going to be surrounded by a bunch of, like, fucking career criminals, right? Because that's the framing that the fucking... That the, that the Jewish media puts on it, right? And, yeah. and building, well, building that 3.0 lifestyle, building that 3.0 aesthetic, showing these, that these are good, normal, <clears throat> athletic young men... Uh, is extremely important in building morale and bringing young guys into our shit. Well, it's also too the content that you put out. I mean, what you put out is what you'll get back. If you put out <clears throat> super antisocial, you know, super over the top stuff, the only guys who are going to be attracted to that are other guys that are super antisocial, super over the top. And, and so like, this also goes to like active clubs and stuff. And for guys, and this is why the image is like super important because Every piece of propaganda you put out, every image you put out, this is your call sign and you'll attract that stuff. So if you guys want to do, you know, something like 
like, I, you know, wear plastic stealth helms and, and play dress up and such. <laughs> well, you're going to get guys who are into dress up and wearing plastic stealth helms. And that's, that's going to, you know, be. So this is the importance of like, you know, something I, I really focus on a lot of times, especially like with the documentaries. I know people always bust my balls. They're like, yo, you, how long does it take for you to make a documentary? Da, da, da. First off, I mean, not to go on a side thing, but, you know, it's a small team. It's three guys. We all work, you know, other jobs besides this. You know, we, we do it on our, our spare time. We're not getting tons of bucks to, to make this. You know what I mean? Well, but we go we go over it. We make sure that we, sh- you know, because, I mean, they do this in, in the left. I mean, I, I did a um, one time I did an interview with uh, Nat Geo. It took them two years, almost almost two years to put out that documentary. You know why? Because they had to chop that up in so many different ways, you know, to, to make me look bad and such. We are three guys. We put out a documentary in a few months, and, and we want to also do the same exact tactics that they do. We want to make ourselves look as good as possible, and there's nothing wrong with that. And the better you, the better you do with your propaganda, the better you put it out, the better guys will bring into this movement. The more social you make it, the more uh vitalistic the more type of guys like that you'll get who will yeah. be you know uh, attracted now, to it people <clears throat> excuse me i didn't mean to clear my throat here people don't that is coming from pe- people who bitch about things like that are people who have no idea how difficult it is to do that shit uh i deal with video editing on a very small level and it's fucking hard it is it's not hard i shouldn't say that it's not hard it's just time consuming it takes a long fucking time and it's very meticulous like fucking zooming into scenes into the time you know stretching the time oh, out yeah, so, you can, yeah. so you can get this three second clip of video out of this thing you have to blow it it's just it's just time consuming it, uh, for instance um it takes it takes these youtubers like uh you know um some of these like Vlad TV and, and these other kind of like YouTubers that make uh, b- these YouTubers that make these small videos. It takes them about 12 hours to make a 10 minute clip after editing and recording and all that shit. Right. So keep that in mind. You know what I mean? These are people that that's what they do for a living. Right. Yeah. They also, make- too, keep keep in mind, too, that that's also them being allowed to put themselves out there. Now, take now take in consideration the fact that we have to blur out fucking you know 70 percent of the audience that we have to edit it so you can't tell location that we have to and and first off too i mean we have just hours and hours of footage you know we had three different like uh for the example like for this last event we did i mean we had three different cameras rolling you know what i mean three different cameras rolling pretty much the whole time this is a multi-hour event not just one guy you know giving a uh a speech or something like this where it's you know you know, you got the speech, you, you can understand. I mean, you know, when you're building a documentary too, what, what we wanted to do, like, especially with this last one, is not just show the fights, you know, it's it's to show the culture, to show the atmosphere, to show the yes. crowd, to show the good time that's going on. And you have to write a story. And like, when you're making a documentary, you know, it you, you're building a story. Like you get, you know, it sounds like, it, like uh, for the other one, like the Walker Show documentary that we did, you know? Great work, by man. The way. We had hours and hours of footage that came to us, you know. And like in your mind, you're like, okay, well, this is how we'll tell the story. But then when you get all the footage and you watch it, like you know, there's like certain certain things that you have in mind. You're like, okay, well, we'll do this, and I'll have this scene here. But maybe they don't get that clip that you wanted, and maybe it's a different clip. And like you gotta 
it's pretty much like writing a story, you know, it's writing a book. Yeah. Yeah, And and that takes hours by itself. Like not only watching all the footage and going through it to see what's good, but then to take all that footage that you watched and then to sit there for hours, days sometimes and think like, okay, how do I tell this story now? How do we make this in a smooth way that this makes sense to people? You know, we don't want to take up too much time. You know, something like this. You know, there's a lot that goes into it behind the scenes. Yeah, Tons, man. man. I mean, um, I had a front row seat for uh, <clears throat> that editing process. As I said, Vranch is my my homie IRL, so I watched him, you know, go through that whole editing process for the for the Waukesha doc and the back and forth. The you know, like the the amount of footage he got, like the amount of hours he was putting in, was absolutely unbelievable, right? Um, you know, guys like Scorsese, crazy directors who are amazing at telling these stories, who are so brilliant and gifted at telling these stories. Um, and he, you know, Scorsese always worked with the same editor because she, she had an understanding of his voice, right, of his vision. Right. And, and this is how real art and real aesthetics are created. And think of the impact of those images. Right. You, you, uh, an old priest said that uh, having a TV in your living room is like having a Jew in your house. You know, and and, uh, and so they can influence you very, very deeply. And this is a almost um, I don't want to say magic and get too esoteric, but it's almost like a no, magic, right? And it's something that we can capture and we can use to to push righteousness and push logos into the public space. And 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 people absorb this; they feel it on a ephemer, on on a on a on a, on a subconscious level, right? It's very powerful. Well, well, what is going on here? Just to, I, I do want to talk about the tournament, but just to get, uh, but I'll get to that in a minute because I want to tap into to what Akila's saying here. Because in my opinion, what's going on here, what what Media to Rise is doing, and uh, especially with things with with three lifestyle, and especially with things like uh, No Face Nate, uh, I think what we're seeing there is kind of a uh uh like a a, a white nationalist or a wig nat or just a white a white version of 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 critical theory right because what critical theory is when you go back to the found the, the founding of it at the frankfurt school it is going through uh western civilization and 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 breaking it down right through a critical lens right that's where critical race theory crit- critical queer theory came in they would go through and they would read the uh western canon things like that right and they would break it down through like a queer or a racial lens right that's where you get things yeah. like uh, the homosexual jesus and things like that, because they look at the crucifixion through a queer lens. That is what queer theory is. Now, if you see, if you look at what, um, we're what's going on here is we're taking their culture and we're putting our own spin on it, right? We're putting our own, uh, you know, sort of a critical theory spin on it. We're we're taking their culture and repurposing it for our own means, using it as a weapon against them in the way that they did to yeah, us, right? We are subverting I'm, the I'm, subverters, yeah. right? If that makes sense. I hope I'm not being convoluted. I hope I'm making sense with what I'm saying here. No, no, no that... Yeah, yeah Sorry, go ahead, go ahead, Kill. Uh, I was just um, going to say, I mean, that is that is like, you know, kind of the... I think for, for a long time, we've been, you know, um, very reactionary. Like, uh, I, I'll give an example because I hate this guy with a passion. We'll say somebody like Richard Spencer, right? He gets punched in the face, you know, then he makes a video and he points out to his enemies like, oh, look, they punched me in the face. Look what they did to me, you know, like, and then make a whole YouTube video crying about it and such. And, and 
what what we're doing with like media to rise with no face nate is that we are forcing ourselves onto the culture we're not being reactionary we're not pointing out the, the hypocritical things like oh look what this rapper said or this. no 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 we don't care we're going to force ourselves into the public space we're going to take it and we're going to directly compete with it that's the point of it you know like the point of the 3.0 is to is 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 not to be reactionary but to be you know, like the black shirts of the 1920s, man, to force ourselves into the political space, to force ourselves in, fi in physical space. You know, you guys are doing rap. Well, guess what? We're fucking doing rap, too. And we're right here. We're right in your face about it. You know what I mean? You guys are making documentaries on us. Well, guess what? We're making documentaries on you. We're we're also right here. We're, we're taking up space as well. You know, and that's that's really like the attitude that that we should start, you know, having more, you know, like. Wherever yeah, they are, we'll be right there and taking and, right. and, and you know pushing pushing our face right in theirs, you know. Without getting too esoteric, you know, if we if we go to Fashi Gain's inversion theory, right, it, it, they have to put all this effort into flipping what we all know to be real about the world and natural law. And so, to to even take it a step further, what we're reflecting and what we're showing people is not the inversion; it's the real life natural way that things are we are at the top of the hierarchy right i'm an sjw for our people i don't give a fuck about anybody else i care about my people only and so you know for for us to take that space and not 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 just like take it lightly not 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 just sort of whiff at it right is to physically grab it it's ours and we're demonstrating truth it's holy right and people again will connect on the most connect with that on the, on the most profound metaphysical level speaks to their soul, right? speaks to the soul of white people. And that's the most beautiful aspect of this. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I, you know, I, I, I had somebody the other day, uh, I said, well, you know, I've been working in some comment sections and such like this, some, some chats here and there, you know, and, and, uh, I saw somebody was criticizing, you know, he's saying like, you know, what is 3.0? He's like, what? It's listening to rap and putting up stickers. Like, what's, what's it even matter putting up stickers? Like, you're not going to change someone's, you know, perspective. And I think people get really confused um, about the point of doing street activism and such. Like, obviously, if you, a guy walking down the street sees a sticker, of course, his worldview, 20 years of, 30 years of indoctrination is not going to go out the window because he saw a sticker. That's ridiculous to think something like that. That's, that's, that's ridiculous. That's not the point of it. The point of it is to normalize it. The point of it is to make fascism and nationalism something that you see while you're walking to go get a fucking cup of coffee. It's to make it normal. It's to make it to the point that when some, like, uh, let me give you a real life example. In Italy, right? Casa Pound, a very famous organization, notorious for street propaganda i took a lot of inspiration from them there's not a spot you could step in italy that doesn't have some type of casa pound propaganda some fascist you know posters up somewhere now i was the other night i was with a buddy we're out in greece um hanging out at some, some bar whatever there was like three guys from italy there now these were normal guys these were just normies you know what i mean we were joking around with them or something and then, of course, you know, after a couple pints, they're like, hey, you know Casa Pound. And they're like, oh, yeah, I know Casa Pound, of course. You know, like, and we're like, yeah, we're fascists, too. And they were just like, ah, you know, like, you know why? Because it it normalizes it after a while. So regardless if, if these guys agree with us or not, they weren't shocked by it. It wasn't like, 
me turning like you know imagine in america you're sitting out with some like normie people and you're like yeah i'm a fascist they'll be like oh my god like we need an intervention what's wrong with this guy like you know somebody dox him take his photo you know what i mean but with these three guys did they agree with our political beliefs i don't really know but you know what they didn't really care they were just like ah fascist yeah yeah we know cost of of course you know why because they've normalized it so much by putting because you see so much of the propaganda you see so much of it constantly they they're, they're surrounded by it that when you do come across it it's not such a shocking thing it's not such a thing i mean to even like use like from like the less left-wing perspective and such it's like you know like the word nazi and such you know when they call people a nazi you know, when they first started with that, it really had a heavy impact. You know what I mean? It was like, oh, this guy, you know, when the left would be like, this guy's a Nazi over here. It was really like something. Now today, Tucker Carlson jokes around. He's like, oh, yeah, we're all Nazis. You know what I mean? Because it, it lost its meaning and it, it, it softens it out. So the, the whole thing was like doing street activism and such is not so much to just thinking that a banner is going to change somebody's worldview. The thing is this, is that you're normalizing seeing things like this. You know what I mean? Imagine if every single day on your way to work, you see a fucking banner drop, right? When you do meet a guy who does the banner drop, you're going to be like, ah, well, yeah, I mean, I've seen it a bunch of times. It's not such a shocking thing. And, and that's how you slowly normalize these things. You know, the street propaganda, the music, putting it all around you. And that's, that's the whole thing with the, the 3.0 that, that a lot of people um, don't understand what, what we're trying to push. It's, it's not that, like, I'm trying to... I think that, you know, a guy putting up a sticker is going to change a worldview, but a guy putting up a sticker is normalizing it because he's going to see it every single day when he's on his way to work or, or some young kid is going to see it. And then when he does get introduced to our ideas, to him, maybe it's not going to be so crazy anymore. You know, when you start talking about Jews or something, maybe it won't be so far out. Or maybe if you start talking about white pride, it won't be this like crazy, ridiculous topic because he's seen it, you know written on the streets everywhere you know when he sees a uh, celtic cross for the first you know in school and they say it's a hate symbol maybe he won't be so like shocked by it because he's seen 10 of them tagged up in his neighborhood you know you understand what i'm saying yeah well and there's also the idea of so are you familiar with the idea of third spaces uh rob please explain to me so third spaces are uh, basically social places, places outside of your home or your or your job, right? Places that you socialize with people like uh, public parks, uh, libraries, um, uh, you know, bars, places like that, right? These third spaces where communities meet, right? Uh, mm -hmm. And I think a, a huge part of the 3.0 lifestyle is much more than putting up stickers uh, and, and, and hanging banners, but... Uh, occupying those third spaces right going out with the boys and occupying those third spaces going out to the park and and having sparring sessions and doing pad work and letting people see you guys a bunch of good young uh upstanding white men out there you know being active doing their thing uh go out and, and play rugby together go out and and go to museums together right occupy those third spaces and 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 that accompanied with the the flyering and the stickering and the banner drops uh, creates a mystique, right? It creates like an allure to this group, and that attracts youth, right? That is a huge part of what attracts youth to uh, countercultures, right, is the allure and the mystique around them. And if you create this image, you will bring young people into it. And let's be honest, we don't need a bunch of old assholes who are all bent out of shape because, like, because you know, they like ZZ Top, 
and they don't like fucking rap music, right? We need young kids. And 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 the harsh truth of it right now, the harsh truth that that maybe we don't like to accept is that our kids are into rap music. They are. I've fucking said, I've, I've given the example a million times. My son goes to a country-ass school, and there will be kids lit riding in there with their fucking lifted trucks with literally a rebel flag and a Trump flag in the back listening to, like, fucking, I, I don't know, uh, whatever rappers popular right now uh yeah yeah julio uh, or whatever you know what i mean uh and, and the the best way to reach them is to meet them where they're at right to show them uh that there are actually people of their own kind engaging in this kind of uh you know uh hooligan lifestyle right that attracts younger uh blue collar men it does man and to be honest it attracts a, a lot of uh middle class men too be, uh, young men because they don't have a lot of that in their life right uh and we need that yep. right we need that drastically yeah and i mean you know part of this too is like you know a lot of guys like yeah you hear some of the older guys and hey you guys there you cut out on me no we got you brother all right all right, all right. my bad yeah so like you know part of that too is like I don't know. I, I heard somebody the other day. He was talking. He was like, you know, in the '90s we had you know, Nirvana and stuff like this, and this rap shit is is garbage. It's nigger music, da da da. And I think also too another thing too is not even just to look at it, look at it so much from like a, a musical rock versus you know rap or something standpoint, but like you know to think about the vitality of the music. You look at a band like Nirvana. Now, right, I, I listen to them from time to time. I, I used to, you know, I had a CD back in the day and such. You know, I enjoy it. But if you actually sit down and you break down the lyrics and such, what does it teach you? You know, to be a simp, to be a drug addicted, to be depressed. It's weak. I mean, you know, all these bands, Alice in Chains, Nirvana, Pearl Jam, all that shit in the 90s, bro. Even bands like Korn that I was a big fan of and shit. I mean, all of it is super suicidal super self-hatred such and there's a reason why so many people also there's a reason why there was a a huge change to rap music because on one hand you have bands and and not all because there is like hardcore stuff you know like obviously not mainstream that were promoting healthy lives you know promoting the warrior spirit promoting vitality promoting masculinity and such like this but on the mainstream level rock music really took a huge dive and, and like when i heard i heard this guy and he was talking about like the 90s how much better i was like bro that was the death of of rock music like this guy was over here talking about how great the 90s music was seen i was like that was the death of it at least in the 80s the hair metal shit those guys were getting fucking chicks and going out and partying and shit in the 90s they were fucking you know shooting dope wearing plaid shirts you know hunchbacked crying about their girls, talking about suicide, talking about depression constantly, talking about that they are they are a loser, that they can't do anything. No, Nobody wants to be a loser, man. You know, and, and like, okay, we listen to the music and such, but like this, eventually you internalize it. And that's why you see, you know, like with drug overdoses and such, it's mostly white people. And it's because most of white music when it comes to, to, to rock and even like mainstream white rappers, all they promote is like this weird, self-depression is self-hatred as when you look at like a black rapper what does he say i'm the fucking man you disrespect me i'll punch you in the face i get the girl i get this and you know like not to say like this is great or something but 
man, this is at least promoting masculine values. This is at least promoting dominance. This is at least giving some type of vitality. And that's why you see such a switch, uh, uh, a shift, why so many people switch to it. Because like, I could even remember at, like at, at my age in school, I mean, I grew up in Queens, so it's different. You know what I mean? Like obviously everyone listens to rap, but there was like a few people that listened to like metalheads and such. I mean, we used to listen to like Dropkick Murphys, things like this. I grew up with a bunch of rowdy Irish kids. So we listened to fucking my life. Anyway, point of the thing is like, I can remember in, in like middle school and, and such, like you'd have like, I, I guess like your, your metalhead rocker guys or something. They were listening to My Chemical Romance, Taking Back Sunday, things like this. They walked around, they had hair in their face, you know, a couple maybe uh, scars on their wrists for, you know, slashing themselves. Things. They, they, they didn't dominate space. And they like, the, the sad fact is, is that the rap music offered vitality it offered masculinity it, it, yeah. it was it was aggressive and this is something that, that we we've been lacking for a long time is being aggressive man there's nothing wrong with being aggressive and this is to not to to, to bounce around too much but this is like a, a another thing why i think people really dislike like the 3.0 or dislike the rap music because they see it as like aggressive and, and today some reason and it's like kind of cooking ourselves that every time we see something aggressive, we equate it with being a nigger or something like this. But it's like, yep. there's nothing wrong with being aggressive. There's nothing wrong with asserting yourself. There's nothing wrong with speaking out loud. There's nothing wrong if somebody disrespects you to get loud in, in their face. That There's nothing wrong with that. Our ancestors did this. People talk about return to tradition. They always think of 1950s dad. How about we, we return to the uh, ancient Roman times? You did, you, you know. You disrespect me it's it's a real serious problem you know what i mean oh yeah yeah, that's that's the, yeah. You know, go ahead Brian, yeah, it's deeply through. nihilistic no it's deeply nihilistic culture you know the, it, it, and and um you know to to pursue like the notion of being an ubermensch right um um niggers can't achieve this it's not for them but white men can and when white men lose that nihilistic sort of uh, weight on their shoulders they bloom you know, and if you do this collectively, this is going to lead to victory. And a lot of people are indoctrinated by this nihilism. They feel uncomfortable when they become confident somehow, or they feel uncomfortable to too uncomfortable to take the space. And taking that space is going to result in um, the type of change that we need. Um, you know, I, I can't emphasize enough. Like even my son, my seven-year-old son, the other day in the car, told me I, the, he had he, he had my phone and he flip something on and never and and it was like a sort of a children's rap song and and you know i started reacting to it and and i said how i asked him how come everything has to be rap these days but and he tells me it's because dad rap is the coolest music uh, you know around cool beats are cool you know it's coolest and it's some of the coolest music in the world uh, my son funny he's very articulate but that he's a little boy when we're out in the park um you know and with my crew and if you're hitting pads or you're lifting weights or, or rocking muscle ups and stuff and and you should see the faces of the little kids i'm talking five to ten to twelve years old little kids their eyes light up bro they want to do it they want to be like you they're seeing something that they can aspire <laughs> to that they never ever see and it's absolutely like it, it's my favorite part of being out it's just i, I kind of keep my head on a swivel for the kids that stop and watch but they, they're, they're, if they're walking and holding hands with their mom and dad they stop dead in their tracks and turn their head and they point to point to us look mommy look at me you know this is huge people don't understand exactly to what level it, it, it creates an impact so i'm very proud to be a part of it you know well and i also want to go back to the idea of of aggression being a negro trait i reject that outright uh like i've said before um 
when white men, and I don't want this to be taken out of context, uh, I'll explain what I mean here in a minute, but when white men commit themselves to violence, we are unrivaled. When a white man has, has set his in his mind that violence is an option and has gotten himself mentally ready for that, we, we reshape maps. Do you understand what I'm saying? We, we make the That's fucking right. earth tremble. Right? So this idea that aggression and, and violence is something that is, is uh, separate from our nature is, is fucking absurd. And that's one of the greatest things they've t taken away from us is our relationship with aggression and violence. And when I say violence, I don't mean going and, and doing a dumb lone wolf gay, gay op. Yeah, yeah, no, not some, yeah, no, no, but yeah. asserting yourself, you right. know, being yeah. able to, to defend yourself and, and to defend the people around you, you and know? Being, and being able to remain calm in a, in a hectic situation, right? That is incredibly important, right? To be, to be, yep. uh, you know, as, as acquainted as you can be, right? Obviously, you can't go running around getting into huge brawls all the time, but like through sparring and working out and getting yourself into high stress situations, Right, you 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 give yourself a leg up when you get into a high stress situation. You know what I mean? And, and that's that he, what I mean by acquainting yourself with violence, right, and being comfortable with it. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to to also say, like, I I saw I was looking at I, I briefly browsed the uh, comments real quick over here and such, and I some people are mentioning RAC, which I agree with, right? You know, rock yep. against communism, music, the screwdriver, all this. Now, this was a positive thing in the rock scene. You know what I mean? This this was positive. And another thing, too, because I, I, I've had people like, you know, oh, Will to Rise, you only, you know, promote rap music and, and such like this. But do you, you want, like, to be honest, nobody sent me, that there aren't bands anymore. Nobody sends me any, any other type of music. Nobody sends me anything else. You know, this, this is what was found uh, with No Face Nate and such like this. Now, you have some guys like American Defense Scans and such, you know, that are out there still putting out new stuff. But I mean, also, I would ask guys, like, how long can we, I mean, music's timeless and such, but like, how many, like, you know, 50 years from now, it's already been, what, 20 years since Screwdriver, if not longer, you know, like how we, we need to constantly keep evolving. We can't just keep borrowing off the past. You right. know, that, that, that's that's something that's really important that a lot of guys forget. It's like, I heard one guy, he, like he actually even sent me a video at it. And I, to be honest, it looks silly, but he was trying to put classical music to a, a Ram video. And he's like, the music's much better with classical music. And it looks like a parody when he sent it to me. I thought it was a joke. You know what I mean? <laughs> and it's like, listen, man, I get it. You're high culture. You listen to classical music, you know, more power to you. I'm glad you listened to it. You know what I mean? And, and there's nothing wrong with it, but come on. Let's be let's be serious, bro. Nobody, the youth ain't listening to classical music. You ain't never bringing has, it. You're has. not bringing anybody into it. And also, too, how long can we mooch off the past? How long can we keep playing fucking Pantera? That's already been thirty. It's, it's almost thirty. You know, twenty years already. And not listen. I still listen to them. But I'm just saying, it's already been twenty years. You know what I mean? They're not coming out with anything yeah. new. It's over. We well, can no. keep yeah. trying to, to push this stuff, but we do need to adapt. And we do need to come out. And the, the, the stuff we need to come out with needs to be hyper-masculine, not this fucking, you know. I mean, rock today, mainstream rock today is as gay as it gets. And I, I, to me personally, I would even say that the, the rock today is even more poisonous than some of the rap music. Because at least some of the rap music at least teaches you, you know, if somebody disrespects you, punch them in the face, at least act like a man. The rock music today that's coming out, like uh, 
I don't even, I can't even, you know, honestly, I haven't listened to it in so long ago. Let me say, let me, yeah, let me like a real boomer, but like my chemical romance or fucking some shit like this, like, bro, this is, this is worse, man. This is worse. This is, this is like as feminine as it gets. He's simping emotions. Why is it that like every rock band that comes out nowadays is like either about suicide or about crying that his, that he got caught. You know what I mean? Like that's practically like about all the music. And you could see there's such a difference with, with the rap music because it's, it's the exact opposite. It's like, you know, we, you know, it's like, well, yeah. I'm the man. It, I, well, yeah, I'll take your girlfriend. Like, yeah, I'll do this. And it's like, we need to have that same attitude, man. We need to start, you know, taking over space. We need to start seeing ourselves as warriors, as barbarians. Tell me what you think about this, Rob. I think that the reason you don't see a lot of young men, especially young, rough and tumble young men, getting into rock music is largely for the same reason you don't see them getting into like R&B or country music, right? Because they're really highly emotional, like depressing, um, uh, almost emasculating forms of music, right? And that's kind of yeah. what you get with this this rock that's always whining about your girlfriend leaving you or some bitch that broke your heart and your, your, your shoulders are strumped over and your fucking bangs are hanging in your face and your head's down and you look sad. Right? I think it's, that is what draws young men, uh, uh, vigorous young men into rap music. Uh, that's why you see a lot of jocks, yeah. right? Almost all jocks listen to rap, right? Because they're, they're high, they're, they're high energy, right? They're aggressive young men. And, and, most other forms of music don't provide that. Like Pantera, like you were saying, was fucking amazing. They're super aggressive. You can put that shit on in the gym and you can rock and you can slam some shit out, right? It gets your blood flowing, right? Uh, Absolutely. But, but Absolutely. There's, there's not a lot of that left. And like you said, we can't keep redoing the same things over and over. Like, uh, for instance, when it comes to like RAC and, and NS rap, uh, the reason I don't, there are uh, just a few bands that I can think of that are active today that I like uh, 14 Sacred Words is one, Black Winter is one. Uh, but other than that, Fashion, like, Fashion is a great one. Fashion, uh, Fashion Green, Green Arms. No, yeah. the whole American Defense Skins are still putting out good stuff. I, you know, I, I big support to them for, for doing that, and they should because we need more guys. And if there's artists out there, dude, contact me, contact the ADF, you know, American Defense Skins. Get your music out there. But, I mean, you know, people want to criticize it and say like, oh, you know, now what's with this white nationalist rap order? It's like, hey, man, are you putting something out? Are you putting out a band? Are you doing something? You know, like, this is, and also to, to get, like the, the, the problem I have with a lot of, of, uh, you know, like RAC style bands or, or white nationalist rock is it seems like a lot of them, not all of them, but a lot of them try to just mimic Screwdriver, right? Like you were saying, they yeah, all, that's almost all yeah. of them sound exactly like Screwdriver, right? And, and I mean, I would like to hear some, some uh, like Slipknot-ish or some, you know, uh, you know, a day to remember style white nationalist rock. But it's like you said, it's just not there, right? Make it. I would yeah. love to hear it, but it's not there. Yeah. All we have is like this. And I'm not trying to shit on them. I like a lot of them. Like I just said, just said Fashion, Wellington Arms, all those guys. I like that. But they're like the the top notch of those. Most of it just sounds like garage band shit. 
right? You know what I mean? Garage band uh, versions of screwdriver. And we have to be yeah. raising the bar. We have to up our production value because going back to talking about those, those YouTube guys, and this is something you can attest to as well, Rob, because you're in media. The quality of your product determines the, the success of it, right? If you're running around with some shitty cell phone camera with fucked up shots and, and your shit's all grainy and your audio's fucking out of whack, nobody's going to want to watch your shit. But if you go in, you got a nice camera, you've got nice zoom shots, you've got a separated microphone to where people can hear the shit, there's not a bunch of wind interference, you've got a quality product that people will watch, right? The quality of your product determines the success of it. So we have to keep that in mind when we're making these things before we put it out, right? If you're being serious. Now, now satire and, and stuff like that is totally different. But if you're being serious about a product, you know? Absolutely. One band Absolutely. I can't get enough of is, is Green Arrows. I live, Green Arrows are Italian, hardcore, white nationalist hardcore. I can't get enough of these guys, man. Check out Green Arrows. they got a YouTube channel. They're fucking awesome. And so it exists, you know? And you're, you're right, John. A lot of REC, like, it actually, like, audibly sucks. You know, and there's like a good percentage of it that is like pretty great too. So you, you got to sift through the RAC stuff a little bit to find the really good stuff. And um, there are places to find it on Telegram. So check it out. I, I personally listen to a lot of stuff off of White Lad Aesthetics. Go on White, White Lad Aesthetics channel, click the music tab. You're going to find fucking awesome beats, fucking awesome hardcore, uh, old old uh, RAC stuff. Just, just a, a variety of white nationalist music. It's there. Go check it out, fellas. Uh, yeah, I, I would also add that there is in Europe there is there is a good amount of um, they are they have a bunch of different bands out there. One, I mean, you said uh, Green Arrow, so I met good guys, super good dudes. Uh, Bronson is another band. When I came Bronson, across yeah. Bronson and I saw Bronson was one of those things, and and, and like you know, I, I was into this scene like before the whole Trump era and all this. I, I don't even know how I fucking came into like the whole kind of like 3.0 style, but uh, I, I don't know. But somehow I came across the Bronson music video years ago. This was like before there was even really a scene in America and such. And, you know, it showed the such normal guys, you know, out there. They have a song that's called Defending Your Crew. I don't know what it is in Italian. Even though I'm Italian, I should know it. But, you know, I don't speak Italian. I'm better with uh, Serbian than I can speak Italian. But anyway... Uh, you know, I came across Bronson and the music video was like, you know, they showed chicks in it. They showed like normal dudes, not like playing dress up and such, having a good time and all this. And it really had such, such an impact. So Bronson's another band I'd check out. And then you, you mentioned Fashcroft, uh, bands like Data Remember. Now, maybe not so close to Data Remember, but you do have like Mosh Pit, Brainwash, bands out of Germany. I've seen them both live. Really good bands. They do sing in English. So there, there is some stuff. It's really, it's not too, too often, not too much of it. I also saw somebody in the chat. He said something like, uh, what, what did he say? Uh, yeah, oh, he said rap music is not in our culture. Rap music is not our culture. Now, I'm going to take this into a deep dive real quick because I'd like to counter that. I, I'm not trying to say that like, you know, is what we said when we first started the, the podcast, but. I would argue that to, to say that rap music is like 100% black or whatever, I mean, we have been rhyming words to music since the days of ancient Greece. Stories like the Iliad were originally told, you know, to music in the background, rhymed, and spoken word. You know what I mean? If that's, that, if that's not an early form of rap of rhyming words to, to uh, a melody, 
I mean, you know, come on. And then if you really want to get into it, I mean, you could say everything from the fucking microphone that those, you know, monkeys are talking into to the uh, beat that they are using is all white created. I mean, all that technology is, is ours. So, yes, they are the ones who have mainstreamed it. They are the ones who are the face of it today. And I'm not trying to say like raps like super bass or anything like this, nor am I trying to say like also with this whole talk about like rap versus rock. I'm not trying to say one is better than the other. They're, the music industry as a, as, a, as a whole is completely fucked. You know what I mean? It, both Jewish. of them try to promote Jewish. the worst things. Yeah, it's Jewish. You know, it's, both of them are trying to promote the worst. But um, yeah, we we're talking before. Sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say what's most important is not whether it's rock or rap. The most important thing when it comes to music is the message. The message is what's important. So if, if there's a white nationalist rapper and he's speaking positive stuff, then that's ours. And that's fantastic. If it's All a rock band and he's speaking, yeah, fantastic stuff, that's ours. If there's a rap song that's promoting masculinity and, and toughness, and then you have a song like some Nirvana shit that's speaking about, you know, kill yourself and fucking shoot dope, guess what? The rap song is better than the rock song. And if it's vice versa, you know what I mean? It's it's about the message. It's not so much about the music. And I think guys get caught up because the second they hear a beat or, or something like this, like, oh, fuck it. This is rap music. I'm done with it. It's like, nah, man, give, give it a chance. Listen to the message because that's the most important thing. Everything else is is second i actually have a great example of what you're talking about pulled up here i'm going to show a couple uh seconds or so of a oh this uh, is awesome this is yeah. this music video that you're about to show had life-changing impacts on me sweet right on so yeah here's this there's going to be a little bit of an echo probably while we show this but i'll end the share uh, as soon as we can uh so here's, a, here's an example on, of what we're talking about here go ahead uh akila I'm stepping, I'm stepping a little bit on you guys, but I'm getting excited about this shit because this is what I love to talk about, man. You know, um, it, it's it, it's really the way we're gonna make change. All music is white. just how normal well i mean look how cool it looks how exciting it's not anti-social it's not um edgelord shit this is it's exciting to see you see it you're like man hey i could be one of these guys you know what i mean yeah yeah there's another one yeah this is nasvet this is what we want to be protecting out, right? Like I was saying earlier, framing matters, and 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 how we frame ourselves is important. And and there's no better aesthetic than what we're seeing right here. You've got this as, uh, and we can juxtapose it against this. Here is uh. 
a Nirvana video. Instantly, there's a gun floating in the bathtub. <laughs> right? It's indicating suicide. Right? Or the swimming pool or whatever the fuck this is. It's dark, it's dreary, it's sad, it's weak. See, that's what we're yeah, talking about, fucking guys. Gay. Quick, quick story about Kurt Cobain, okay? I don't know if anybody knows about the band, the, the feminist band called Slater Kinney, but he, if, uh, Kurt Cobain used to not hang out with, like, um, Eddie Vedder and Temple of the Dog and the Soundgarden people. Those guys actually made, made gay music, but they were masculine guys that came from the hair metal scene. And he didn't hang out with them. He hang out with these lesbians from Slater Kinney. And the, the, the name of the song, Smells Like Teen Spirit, it comes from how they used to make fun of Kurt Cobain when he'd show up at these feminist like hangouts or wherever they were hanging out. Because Teen Spirit is like a girl's deodorant. Right? And then he, when he would show up, these Slater Kinney bitches would say, hey, it smells like teen spirit. Kurt's here. You know, calling him a fag and a bitch and shit like that. So he got brought down by these fucking feminist women. The dude offed himself. Right? So don't fucking wonder where this is going. This shit goes straight down that path. Bottom line, it's faggot shit. Yeah, actually, I, I actually, I, I heard that story about the uh, teen spirit thing that it was a woman's deodorant too. I actually, you just reminded me now. I, I completely forgot that that's what it was. Yeah, yeah. So he, he, this guy got his whole identity corrupted to the point where he would be in a relationship with somebody like, like Courtney Love, who would encourage him to fucking do heroin and kill himself. What do you? That's a microcosm of what they try to do to to to, to us as white men. Right, and um, they, you know, they do it on a massive scale right now. I mean, what what, what was the death toll last year? A hundred thousand dead or on opiates. I mean, that's that's what they count. You know what I mean? And let's be honest, ninety percent of that is probably white males. You know what I mean? And and it yeah, comes, you know, they, they they just push this music to us constantly. This this depression. This this uh, you're a failure. You know, your girl left you. Life sucks. And then they do it, you know, and they and they do it with a rap too. Like again, I'm not saying one is better than the other because you have scumbags like Little Peep and shit, you know, rest in yeah. piss. You know, guys like this that were also doing the same thing, talking about it. So again, it, it goes to the message and what's more important. And the most important thing today is promoting toxic masculinity, bro, because <coughs> wherever we lead in this crazy world, whatever happens. Whatever great talking points we have, even if, like, all right, with the Kanye stuff that's going on and all this, even if every single person became woke on the JQ in America, what would it matter if we don't have masculine guys that are willing to take the risk to make the change? You know what I mean? What does it matter if we don't have a warrior class, if we don't have guys that will actually make that change? If everybody today knew about the fucking JQ, but just, you know, what, tweeted about it? What? What different? What what difference would we get? Yeah, sure, we'd get a bunch of Jews angry and shit like this, but without having guys who are really, you know, willing to take high risks, physical risks, you know what I mean? Without guys that are physically masculine and such, nothing will happen. And I, I'm going to go into. A, uh, let me just tell a quick personal story. When I was in Belgrade a while back, it was during these COVID riots. They they were all over. Instagram. It was the first European nation. It was the first country really to have serious, serious uh, riots against COVID measures. And I'm talking like storming, storming the parliament building, you know, serious. Now, I was friends when I first got to Serbia. I made friends with this uh, intellectual group there. 
They ran a um, a nice pub. Very cool guys. Very smart guys. They go there. They have all these talks. Super. I mean, the, the leader of the group spoke like fucking seven languages, man. An absolute genius. You know what I mean? Really smart guys. Now, the day when we went to show up at the parliament, when we were going to protest, all the guys from this pub, and nothing, nothing against them because we need guys like this. But who do you think it was that was storming the barricades, that was throwing bricks through the, the glass windows? It was the hooligans. It was, it was the guys yeah, that are... Yeah, it was, it was, it was like, you know, I mean, in Europe, it's, they have a different scene, you know, it's, but they had, it was the ultras. It was, it was the Wignats. That's right. You know, like you could compare them to the Wignats. It was them. You know what I mean? And actually all those intellectual guys are in the back. So regardless of wherever the future brings for us, the one thing that's, that needs to be maintained and that is more important than anything else is to have a risk-taking warrior class and that, that's like a lot of the stuff you know i promote with the 3.0 like i had somebody who was like oh what's the point like oh i saw in one chat it's like oh you just po post like workout motivation videos or something like this it's like first of all you yes. shouldn't need motivation to work out you should this is discipline but the other thing is is to build up this yes a masculine culture yes to to be a warrior to take risks you know when i say they do things like graffiti and such i'm not saying to do it because like somebody like Another aspect of it is not to do it just because like somebody's going to see your graffiti tag and be like, okay, wow, my, my world has changed. But it's the fact that you're willing to go out there, put yourself on the risk to go out and put our message out. That means you're a risk taker. And in the future, that's what's, that, that, you know, when, when push comes to shove, we're going to need guys who are ready to cross the Rubicon. And doing things like graffiti, putting up a sticker, going into an MMA class, going into a boxing ring. This is crossing the this is crossing the Rubicon just on a smaller scale to get you prepped for the big thing. You know what I mean? To post a uh, a Twitter thing or, or give a hot take. This is great too. Don't get me wrong. Like I'm not trying to say um, these type of things are bad. You know, because obviously this helps give us our ideology. It helps give us a message, a way forward. But we do need guys. You know, the witnats out there, the troublemakers out there, guys like me. You know, the guys who grew up through, you know, in between the cracks of society, we need guys like this that are willing to, to, to take risks and, and to, to be that strong arm. Because every, every revolution, whether it be the black shirts or the SA, that shit was super important. Yeah, th no those are the people that are a part of the warrior class, man. And and like you were saying earlier, and uh, Chad, I'm going to get to the, the the donations and questions here in just a second. I'm sorry, we just had a good conversation going, so I haven't wanted to interrupt, but... To get back to what you were saying about um, not being in, in any position to take power, I absolutely agree, and I've said that shit before. If everything was to fall down tomorrow, we are so atomized and and weakened. Yeah. I don't want to say weak, but weakened as a people. We're in no position to take power. Without strength and unity, we can't do jack shit, and that is a huge part of what is being built with the, with the Active Club and 3.0 Lifestyle. Uh, real quick, let me get over here to the chat. Um, Falcon, thank you very much. He says, something that can be incorporated into some of the No Face, Nate, or other rapper songs can be borrowed from guys like Jay Electronica. He's thrown in speeches. Uh, yeah, uh, speeches of guys. We can put Rockwell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would actually like, I've thought about that with guys like, uh, not so much Nate, but guys like Tech 9 
and um, uh, DJ Boomer Tech and some of those guys that do the electronic music, I would love to hear them put some uh, audio clips from Rockwell, you know, and some of our other guys into. Uh, there's actually a guy who's done that to some degree. Um, Hard Look over at Dark Winter uh, Studios. He does some, uh, I'm sorry, Hard Look into the. Dark Winter Studios does uh, some shit like that. He plays like metal music with uh, chants and speeches and shit in it. It's really great shit. Uh, thank you very much for the donation, Falcon. I greatly appreciate it, man. Antique Farm Equipment. What's up, brother? Chain Reaction. Uh, what's up, brother? Oh, you're responding to Night Nation. Okay. Uh, thank you for the donation, brother. I appreciate it. Night Nation. What's up, Bubba? How are you, man? He says the term Nazi now. Uh, thank you very much for the don donation. He says the term Nazi now has nearly no impact at all because they overused it. Calling half the Americans who just supported Trump the term. It lost all its meaning after that. Yeah, to a large degree. Uh, all of their old tools have become impotent. Uh, you know, calling you a racist, calling you a Nazi, even doxing to a large degree has become impotent uh, compared to what it was at one time, right? Uh, yeah, we can lean into it. Lean yeah. into that, that shit. Absolutely. That, that's what I was saying about the, the kind of normalization of it, like doxing. Like, man, when they first doxed Ram guys, Bro, this was life shattering for us. Life shattering. I mean, it, it changed. I mean, I had a feel life shattering. I, I can't even explain how big it was. Like they came out with this small little documentary on us, had like 11 million views in like one day on Facebook. Life shattering shit, you know? Today, guys, they tell me, they're, oh, yeah, I got docs on, you know, Twitter. Yeah, okay, you got like 30 retweets, you know? It's rough. Ain't that bad. Could be worse. You know what I mean? Yeah, they call it, your mom or something. They get your mom's yeah. number, your sister, but it's yeah, it's not as bad. It, it's it's really died down because especially now the fact that they've overused it. You know, it's like what we're saying. That's and that's the point that we need to do the same with it. Because actually, okay, guys who were in this movement early went through the hard stages, but now as we go further and further, and more people get doxxed and called Nazi and right wing and fascist and things like this, it just becomes more and more normalized. Like in Europe, man, like especially in Eastern Europe, man, you could like, shit, bro, you could be on a fucking first date and be like, yeah, you know, I'm a bit of a fascist, you know. It's like, oh, okay, interesting. You know, like, no big. It's like the guys, like I just told you with the guys in Italy because they're so used to it. They see Casa Pound stuff everywhere. They see the fascist stuff everywhere. You're like, oh yeah, you guys from Casa, yeah, me, it was me and my boy, we met him in Athens. You know, we're like, yeah, we're fascists there. Ah, interesting. You know, actually, I have a funny story. Can I can I tell it real quick? For sure, bro. Yeah, take off. All right. So we're in Athens, right? It's me and my buddy, uh, my boy Luke. I'm sure you guys seen him on some of the Will to Rise stuff. He he fought at the, oh, yeah. the event. Very handsome young man. You know what I mean? Good guy right there. Anyway, so me and him, we you know we're taking a pint or whatever, and you know what, what do you what do two nationalists do when they take a pint? So talking some nice. Nice theory, right? We're talking about uh, something. It was something ridiculous. We were just like kind of just bullshit with each other. We we're talking about like Mussolini versus uh, Theodore Roosevelt, you know, and kind of just comparing the two. And then we started saying, "What if they got in a fist fight?" You know, joking around, you know, like just messing around. Anyway, so we're in Athens. We're by the Acropolis at this nice restaurant, and there's a woman at the table by herself sipping wine. Let me let me say that she was sipping a bottle of wine by herself, sit, sitting at the table, <laughs> staring intensely at our conversation. Right, like 
literally she was nodding and just like when when he like something pro teddy rose or whatever you know like she would nod and then she would shake her head like she she like i could see her from the back because my, my luke was sitting in front of me so I, I could see her behind him you know and she was like fully involved in the conversation obviously you know so i started to be a little extra fashy because i could tell she's listening anyway luke runs to the bathroom and the woman turns around she goes hey uh by the way i'm an american you know i i heard your conversation um you know I just want to tell you that like you know mussolini is not a good guy you know he's, he's a fascist uh you know and she was about to start saying she oh also too she said she's like i'm a college teacher for english or something like this you know and she was about to try and lecture me on something and i cut her off real quick and i said uh, I'm, I'm sorry uh me and him were fascists you know like uh i'm, I'm a fascist like this i don't care what you got to say pretty much and who comes back and she's like, wait, you guys are, you guys self-identify as fascists? And we're like, oh, yeah, no, we're, we're diehard fascists, you know? And she, the, the look on her face, man, was the most priceless thing I could say. It was, it was a great, it was like, you know, it was something small, it was, it was something funny, but man, like, you know, here you have this college American school teacher who's coming out to Greece by herself. Because obviously she has no fucking husband or anything like this, right? She came out to Greece to, to drink wine. And then go maybe to one museum or two, you know what I mean? And here she sees the two handsome young studs talking about fascism. Then we identify as fascism. She tried to tell us some bullshit about like the uh, Iroquois, how they were the first ones to make democracy or something like this, right? Because yeah, like I've heard she was like, well, what do you guys? Yeah, she was like, well, what are you guys doing in Greece? And I was like, well, this is the birthplace of fascism. I mean, really, you know, the Spartan society. I mean, even Athens. People want to talk about like Athens, the birthplace of democracy. I mean shit women couldn't vote you had to be a military man to vote at that time i mean that's pretty fascist to me you know anyway you yep. so i i say to her i'm like yo you know we're in the birthplace of uh, fascism da, 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 whatever somehow she starts to try to talk about the uh, the indians that they had some confederacy where they you know voted or you know who gives a fuck if a couple fucking redskins voted on if they're gonna eat fish tonight or buffalo you know what i mean like that's nonsense yeah, anyway I so i just looked at her and i was like yeah, I just looked at it. I was like, yeah, but where are they now, though? Who cares? <laughs> yeah. Like, who cares? Where are they? They got conquered. Nobody gives a fuck, you know? Anyway, the woman was just shocked. She had nothing to say. She was like, oh, okay, wow, you guys. Now, if we were in America, she probably would have bust out our cell phone and made a huge, you know, stood up on top of the table and said, these guys are Nazis and fascists. But obviously, she was out of her element. We're in Athens, Greece, which is a pretty seedy fucking place, actually. It's a shithole, to be honest. Uh, but she felt out of her element. Here you had these two fucking guys in like cut off t-shirts. Like, yeah, we're fucking fascists. And she was just, you know, absolutely shocked beyond belief. And this yeah. is what I mean about the 3.0 stuff, about taking up personal space. It's more than stickers. It's being loud. It's being vocal. We both have like Wilt's Rye shirt. You know, it's, it's being no. in your face about it and normalizing it. Because now that bitch, when she goes back to America, now she actually came face to face with fascists. It's, It'll change her perspective. We're no, you know, the boogeyman's only so scary when he's on, you know, under the bed. But the more and more you see him, the more normalized it gets, and that's that's the most important thing, you know, is to normalize this every aspect we can, yeah. and not to be a spurg about it too. By the way, yeah, occupying third spaces, man, is incredibly important. Uh, Beefy, thank you very much, brother. He says, hopefully, there's a portion of the show where maybe we can ask Rondo questions via super chats. 
I have a terrible question uh, for fashion, everyone, and maybe it could be addressed if we can take two or three minutes because I do feel it's important regarding uh, GDL. Ignore this if it's too irrelevant. Uh, sure, uh, you can ask on the second half of the show. We'll open it up to questions and things like that. We got a couple more things I want to touch on before we, le- we get uh, before we lose Rob, but uh, we could definitely take some questions from the chat for sure. Thank you very much, brother. Uh, Infidel Beefy also says Rondo has really paved the way. For the active club, it is the way forward. Hell, Rundo. I agree, brother. I agree thoroughly. Uh, Garen Radio, thank you very much, brother. I appreciate that. Uh, Nazi Dice, or I'm sorry, Nazarite1776 says, just checking in. White Power, my good friend, is having his first white baby, and it's going to be a boy. I bet he ends up with blue eyes like his dad. That's amazing. Tell your buddy we said congratulations. Uh, That's amazing shit. Uh, another one from Nazarite. Thank you very much. He says, My dad is running slow, so I have to check the replay. See, Kyle. Uh, thanks for the content, Fast. You guys are helping us more than you know. Well, thank you, brother. Thank you for being here. And I will get the uh, I will get the um, replay up as soon as the show's over. Uh, thank you all very much for the support, guys. Yeah, please help support the show. I appreciate it. I appreciate all the guys who have so far. On the second half, we're going to talk about the event that Rundo, uh, his, his boys just had. Uh, from what I understand, one of my good friends had a a great showing. We're going to talk about that, and uh, and we'll take some questions on the other side of the break. Guys, thank you all very much for being here. We will be right back. You know, it's it's good to read informative books. It's good for you to listen to American dissident voices. But that's not enough. It's not enough for me to talk and for you to listen or to read. Listening and reading must be a preliminary to action, or it is meaningless, it is worthless. While I talk and you listen every week, the people who are destroying America just gloat and smirk. They'll keep on gloating and smirking, and they'll keep on with their destructive work until you stop doing nothing but listening and begin helping me wipe the smirk off their faces. In America, unfortunately, we have developed a spectator mentality. We like to watch what's happening around us, but we don't like to participate. We don't like to get involved. That's why I hate spectator sports and have a great contempt for sports fans. Sitting on your couch and watching other people do things isn't healthy, either individually for you or collectively for the country. America is in the mess it's in today because we just sat back and watched it happen. We didn't do anything to stop it. We just let the wreckers have their way without doing so much as giving them a bloody nose. Now. I don't like to say this, but I feel obliged to say it. If you just continue to do nothing but listen and read, you are betraying your country and your people. You are a selfish coward. You are a traitor to your children and your grandchildren. You are shirking your responsibility to them. You know what the media bosses and the politicians have planned for them. If you don't do something, you don't deserve to live. 
You are a disgrace to your country and your ancestors.
right? One way or the other, they're going to go toward this kind of of um, scene, right? An aggressive scene. Uh, even even if you look at like modern hardcore, right? Even if you look at modern hardcore and and shit like that, they kind of even borrow some of their mannerisms and style from like a hip hop thing, right? With the flat bill caps and the dickies and shit. You know what I mean? That's a, you know, dickies are kind of more Mexican thing, but still it's part of that alternative, like gang bangerish, thuggish lifestyle, right? And that is a void that needs to be filled, right? And it's much rather that void be filled by positive white influence as opposed to Jewish media derived Negro influence or, you know, whatever it may be. Uh, Rob, you back? I'm back, man. I'm eating time. Awesome. Hell yeah. Yeah, I was just, uh, I was just going off on the on the idea of bringing bringing youth in to, to the uh, or bringing the rough more rough and tumble youth in to our thing and being a being a, a conduit to to divert them away from the negative influence of the Jewish media and the Negro influence that they would be that they would go into inevitably without it. You know what I mean? Hey, dude, there, you know there, there's voices for you know homesteaders. There's guys trying to be politicians and all this. We're the voices for the rough and tumble. You know what I mean? Exactly. And that's what this podcast is. You know, at exactly. least finally somebody's out, you know, reaching out because, you know, people always like to shit on the city, you know, city guys or, or the cities in general. But like, you will forget, man, there's a huge population of us that are like, you know, the city guys, the, the rough and tumble, the troublemakers. We're not all uh, trying to be 1950s dads. Well, and yeah, and, and and those kids that are in those cities are are searching frantically for their tribe, right? Yeah, for their tribe, and and they've been told their entire life that they can't be a part of their racial tribe, so they attach themselves to these other things that give them some sort of feeling of masculinity and uh, power, right? Power. That's all. Ultimately, what it comes down to, right? Ultimately, what this comes down to, um. On, on all sides of this, right? When people engage in these type of uh, subcultures and things like that, is their 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 need? Uh, Kaczynski Kaczynski talked about this. It's their need to fulfill the power process, right? You're looking for a sense of personal and social power, and you've been told your whole life as a young white man you cannot find that social power within your own tribe. You have to go outside of it. That's why we see them uh, kids get into these. White kids get into these heavy drug cultures, the rave scene, destructive cultures like the the rap music scene and and the Negro uh, lifestyle scene, for lack of a better term. The the you know what I mean? Uh, well, yeah, and, and, that, that's, and that's what that's all about, right? It's about a strive for personal and social power, and we have to be able to fill that void. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, and that's well, that's why you know, like things like the active close and such. That is the new, that is the new white gangs. That is the new troublemakers that is that is the chance to to for white guys to go out and find all these things like adventure excitement risk violence you know fighting things like these these are all things that are natural within our our bloodstream you know these are things that are part of us and here's a chance to find it instead of a fake jewish alternative that's like hey go try and be the fucking you know one white amongst niggers yeah some some nonsense like this you know 100 percent. all right guys uh joining us now we got mr white tubers on the mic what's up brother good to see you hell boys thank you for having me on you guys talking music tonight and stuff uh rob how you doing akila what's going on boys what's up buddy yo yo 
Uh, Verbo Tempest is speaking of uh, a voice for the homesteaders. There's a great one there. Verbo, how are you, brother? He says, I'm not even a rap fan, and that song was fire, talking about the No Face Nate song we just played. Here in a minute, guys, we're going to play another one, an exclusive, a, a new track from Nate. Uh, so it'll be a treat for y'all. But before we get into that, Rob, I want to talk about... Uh, so, Tuber, to kind of catch you up, we've been talking about music a lot, but most of all, we're talking about taking back, uh, taking back the countercultures of the youth and subverting... Uh, the subverted culture uh, that that, uh, that is being laid out in front of us, right? Taking back these art forms and making them our own and, and providing a conduit for young people to come into our movement and our way of uh, seeing the world. Um, but speaking of that, right, a huge part of that is the, the combat sports, combat aggressive lifestyle. And you, uh, I don't think you were actually there, but your uh, people, you and your people put on a, an MMA tournament. Here recently, Rob, you want to talk about that for a minute? Tell us how all that uh, laid out and went down. First off, I was there in spirit. Heavily. Oh yeah, for sure. Oh. <laughs> um, yeah, man, this is you know it's actually kind of uh, sentimental to me that event because this is something that we were actually <clears throat> working towards in the days of the ramp uh, when we had you know rise above movement. This was actually like we. It's, it's funny we get like this this reputation that we were going to just rallies to go and beat Antifa up and stuff like this because that really wasn't the case and that really wasn't our goal either. Yeah, we did go to like a handful of rallies early, but people forget that like we spent months after all those rallies, we were invited to many more that we turned turned down going to because we are, I already had this idea for the 3.0 culture. I already had this idea that it's more important um, going to a rally. Okay, maybe Berkeley was super important and such because that led to like Charlottesville and things like this. But but in general, going to a rally isn't as important as building a counterculture, like a, a healthy youth-based counterculture. And with Ram, so anyway, I'm going too much off. But we were literally in the works of setting up a first event in america so i went out i did the, i think at last on, on on the last podcast we did i talked about when i went out to uh germany and uh to eastern europe to go compete i was the first american to go do this it was me and one of the guys when we fought out these competitions and we saw what what a uh what a what a uh a fresh breath of air it was i mean it was amazing to to go out there and see these events so i was like man we need to do this in the states this is something that that we're sorely lacking is just like real hardcore masculine culture you know because if it it's beyond important and, and a lot of guys overlook this you know and we were working towards doing doing this event and then we all got arrested and it it didn't come to you know fruition and now here we are years later after all the shit that they tried to do to us after throwing our guys in prison after the documentaries after the articles after the calls to the FBI, yes, they slowed it down. Yes, it uh, stopped us, you know, from doing it when we originally wanted to do it. But guess what? At the end of the day, it happened. And this was really a, a, a big thing because this is the first event like this to take place in America. And I'm telling you, after this event, this is going to be something that's going to be continuous is going to be normalized we're going to see more of these events we're going to see more you know what it gives guys something to work towards within our scene too you know like hey man 
when you see one of the guys like wait for the documentaries out which will be out very soon we are in the last touches of it but when you will see guys getting that trope you know that that medal put around their neck you know representing their active club or their crew or patron fund or something this is going to this is going to get guys people going to want to be part of this this is you know again it's creating the new warrior class it's bringing glory it's the closest thing we have to reaching our ancestors in the days of you know sparta duels things like this this is something and it also is just to to show like uh just the difference between the two ideologies you know what i mean like yeah, i was watching footage from the event you know as i was editing it and it's like you watch the footage of that you see these guys you know who train to go over there compete the, the organization that we have and you go and you look at like these fucking antifa and they're like human abominations this eugenic they're disgusting you know what i mean and it just shows like any young man who's going to want who sees this as he's going up he's going to you know which way white man he's going to see the, the events that we did he's going to be like man that's you know super impressive he's, he's going to want to join something like that you know so the event was a, a big success we held it in southern california we had 10 different fights uh boxing and kickboxing nobody got seriously injured during it it was a uh you know it's funny because you had you know southern california we have a lot of the uh the, let's say the two 1.0 guys you know a lot of the old skins and such like this you know we had guys more from 2.0 3.0 we had you know guys from patriot fun such so when everyone first showed up there was like this kind of odd mix you know of everything but shortly after when guys stepped into the ring from their different clubs from their different organizations different walks of life and you know put their heart out there put you know showed all their courage so their thumos were out there fighting you know everybody uh got along it was a real it was a real step in, in our movement it's like you know here we are Huge we can step. organize yeah we can organize we can put on our events and and not only that, but like we could put on an event to, to compete, to, to make it fun, make it for everybody. You know, like after, you know, the guys were hanging out, they had a keg, they had food there. You know, it was like a, it was a real good time. You know, they had music going and such. And it also shows, you know, like I think sometimes that with our movement, because of how serious things are, you know, we, we can get too not the press isn't the word i'm looking for but too caught up in everything that's going on around the world apathetic. You know? and apathetic and it's heavy stuff man it's heavy stuff that we're dealing with in our movement you know it's heavy stuff that that weighs on the mind and it's good to show that we could also have a good time that we smile we joke around that we you know guys are just being guys that we're not just like some fucking you know just death to the world and all this stuff man guys are just out there having fun eating hamburgers you know watching a fight you know having a pint of beer joking around it's a normal culture and that that's like another you know back to the other stuff that i was saying it's it's normalizing it's making it more and more normal well and that's just you know? so important man not being a fucking stick in the mud man i try that is one of my main things to drive home to people don't always be the guy poo-pooing and shitting on everything <laughs> when you're out in public with your boys, right? Go out and have fun and just be a normal guy. That is the best way. The best way to get our ideas across to someone is to be a normal fucking dude that they feel comfortable around, right? right. When they realize you're not a fucking absolute schizo, 
these things don't sound so fucking crazy coming from you, right? So that's incredibly important to be able to be a group of bros that go out and can go to the bar and strike up a normal conversation and not immediately revert back to like World War II Germany and fascism, right? Yeah. And be able to hold a normal fucking conversation about whatever it may be. You know what I mean? I don't give a fuck if it's UFOs or drag racing. Have something <laughs> you can fucking talk about that isn't extremely political, well, right? Yeah, it makes you legitimate, right? It's like you see a person, he's charismatic, he's well-kept, and you see some fucking leftist who's a fat fuck, titties pouring out, talking crazy, looking crazy. I mean, yeah. it, it really, it's, it's like it's like basic, like biological shit. This like guy's telling the truth. Instinct. He's a liar. Yeah. It's natural instinct. Right. Verbo, Verbo, thank you very much, brother. Real quick, I'm sorry, Akilah, I'll let you repeat that. Verbo, thank you very much. Verbo and Papa Smurf, thank you very much for the cash app donations. I greatly appreciate that, guys. Hell. Hell yeah. All right, go ahead. I'm sorry, yeah. Akilah. Yeah. Hail Verbo. Verbo wanted me to give a shout out to Rob from uh, uh, Third Coast Active Club. Um, so there, there that is. But uh, yeah, that, that was it. Sorry. Keep up the work. You know, it's funny you, you say that. Actually, I can remember one of the times we had a Ram uh, meeting. We had a bunch of guys. We had guys from like uh, down in Europe. We had a bunch of guys. And in SoCal, we had a pretty big scene. So, you know, at this time, I think we had something like 25 people there. We were having a barbecue, you know guys brought their girlfriends so, like at the time this was like a pretty big you know get together 25 guys getting together you know it's a pretty good sign you know and this one dude shows up shows up in the trench jacket and yeah. he brings this uh book of like you know the third reich in color and everybody's sitting around you know having burgers <laughs> chatting up to having be beers. Shit. Yeah. yeah and 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 this one homeboy is sitting there, you know, just with the third Reich and color book, sitting by himself at the table, you know, just like <laughs> watching. And it was just, it was like, first like of all, meme, the guy in the corner. <laughs> yo, it was exactly like that. And the thing is, like, hey, this ain't like some weird, far out shit. Like, these are all your guys. There's no reason to be the guy in the corner because we're all the guy in the corner. There's no reason for you to do this here. You know what I mean? And he's sitting there and he's just, you know, he's looking at this book by himself. And it, like, you know, I came over to him. I was like, bro, like, why don't you go conversate? Like, what are you doing? You know, like, what are you doing? Like, hey, listen, we, I like the book you got. Book, you know, nice photos. I agree with it, you know, but go out and conversate. Like, you're, you're being here, you're being weird, you're being super antisocial. Like, nobody wants to see this, you know? You're, you're making yourself look, uh, and I can only imagine how he would be around normies. Like, you know what I mean? So, like, these are things to, to think about, too. It's, you know, not to always be... Like you said, you know, completely spurred out or just, you know, way far out there. Yeah, the very online stuff tends to fall away when guys get together. You know, whatever opinion you have, whatever hot take you disagree with, whatever thing is up that's in your craw when you're fucking sitting alone on the internet, it's like it's, it's not supposed to be like that when you're with your brothers. Right? And it doesn't have to be. It's not about it. De definitely, definitely. When we had the RAM practices, like one of the rules that we had was like, especially at this time, this is... Early, you know, pre-Charlottesville, this is when we still believed in um, free speech in America and to be as edgy as possible was the way to be and such. But one of the things that we had, like, during the, the one hour of practice we had, let's not, let's not, you know, go into to the JQ, let's not do all this, let's focus on practice for, for this one hour. And then after when we go and get, take lunch, we could talk, about, uh, you know, talk all about this stuff, you know what I mean? But, you know, there's a time and place for everything, so... Well, with anything, you have to compartmentalize, right? No matter what it is. You can't just be always one thing all the time. You got to give your brain a break, you know? 
Yeah, and also too, this helps you with just like regular communications with people right. and such like this. Like, you know, like I grew up in New York City, man, and there was a I time when I first, <laughs> <laughs> you know, when I, when I first was getting into this stuff, man, you know, bro, you watch a couple videos online of like you know some Negro beating some fucking poor white hurt, you know what I mean? Right. You get hot and heavy about it. You know what I mean? You you want to talk about these things. And at the time, th there was none of this. There, was, there wasn't even chats for me to, like, spurg out on. There was nothing. So, like, you know, I'd go out with, like, my boys were all normal guys. I'd be sitting there talking to a girl. And I'm like, hey, yo, let me tell you about these fucking niggas out here, bro, what they're doing, you know? <laughs> it would be – it was detrimental. You know, it was detrimental. And the good thing that happened is I, I dated a chicken and her family was super left wing and we used to get into arguments all the time. And it, 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 it taught me the practice of knowing how to approach topics and such like this, you know, like how to win people to our side. Cause in New York city, it's not like anywhere else. I mean, you're, you're with the working class in one, you know, like at the same pub, you got guys who are working class. You have guys that are, you know, Wall Street and all this. So you get to talk with everybody and you get to, you know, figure out how to uh, approach topics and, and speak. And this is like, you know, another thing that's important is, you know, how to talk to people, how to navigate. Because, man, this takes you far. Like when I came to Europe, bro, like when I came to Europe, man, I came here with a fucking a backpack with a. When I first came to Europe, first of all, I didn't even think I would make it here because I got denied so many times, you know, from entering or, or, fucking stopped in, in South America. I was on the no-fly list, all these things. I came I came with a, a sneakers, a, a book bag, you know, hoodie, something like this, you know? And you got to know how to, to finesse your way around, you know what I mean? This is nothing that's important, you know? James Bond lifestyle, you know? You got to think like the, in these terms sometimes. We're dissidents, you know? We're, we're agents in, in a way, you know? You got to think about that. Yep. Absolutely correct. Uh, but anyway, yeah, the, the event was a great success. So, and the uh, documentary will be out very soon. I think a lot of people will find it, uh, will enjoy it. You know, something that was really important that I liked about that documentary coming out was it, it showed that we could have these events um, without a bunch of chaos surrounding them, right? That we can come together, we can have fellowship, we can have this huge event. We can we can go out, we can have fun, and we don't have to worry about um, uh, being attacked by leftists and things like that, right? That we have we have tightened our ship up enough that we can do these uh, things um, under comfortably. under uh, comfortably underground, right? Where we can still have big turnouts and not have to worry about being attacked by the media and commies and, sh and Jews, right? And that's what we need to normalize these things and make 100%. people feel comfortable. You know, enough to join and come in and get this thing to grow. Hell yeah, man. Absolutely. I think that was a problem that we had early on. I think, mm -hmm. like, uh, once again, to talk shit about Richard Spencer, because I hate that guy. But I remember him doing uh, – I go into two different, two different topics that I remember, which got me really focused on doing this kind of counterculture stuff instead of always just being the reactionary or just trying to get a rise out of the left. I remember Richard Spencer was doing these college tour campuses – um now yes i i know people yes he he did reach some people with it at the time some people got you know listened to his stuff that he was saying and it brought people over but at the same time i remember seeing these th this college campus tour he did where he was just getting um 
booed pretty much off stage. Like, you know, everybody was just shouting him. And then the guys who came there to support him, you know, would have to walk through a crowd of Antifa on the way, getting spit on and pissed thrown at him and cursed at and such. And it's like, who wants to go do that? Who wants to go walk through a crowd and get spit on and such like this? You know, it was a very... And he was doing that for ego, just to get a rise out of the left, you know, just just to get a rise uh, or to get his name in, in, in the papers and such. Like, oh, Spencer held another conference that, you know, caused mass disturbance. And I think that's a, a very different thing that we fo- we shifted on with, with 3.0 is that who gives a fuck about what Vice News has to say or anything like this? this is, what we're doing is for us. We're not trying to rally up the left or to try and make headlines and things like this. Actually, I prefer it if nobody writes about us because then we can operate smoother. You know what I mean? It's not what, a game. What, yeah. Th- you know, we want to organize and we don't want, you know, like the pressure of the media and, and crowds and stuff showing up. We want to be able to organize, do our thing for guys to come, have a good time, enjoy themselves without all the, all this, you know, without all the nonsense. Nobody wants to, like I said, nobody wants to come to an event and fear for their life and fear about getting docked. People want to come and enjoy themselves, meet guys and such, you know? Absolutely. I do like melted Swiss cheese and mushrooms. I can't lie. <laughs> That's hot stuff. <laughs> I, I, I can't lie. I do. Everyone hates it, but I just, I do enjoy it, though. Uh, real quick, I want to... Yeah, he did uh, have a hot take on that. From the, from the chat, uh, I don't know what this means. Maybe you do, uh, Rob, but uh, one of the members of the chat says, tell him... Zadam Spremen. I don't know what the fuck that means. Tell him. Desi brate kakosi. Dobro samati. There you go. Yeah, there you go. Whatever that shit. Yeah. Oh, uh, we also got an interesting question here. I guess I'll answer it first, but I think we should, I think he's wanting this answer from us all. He says, "What was your initial reaction to being portrayed by the country you lived and called home?" Uh, I didn't have that visceral of a reaction, honestly. Um, I've never respected this system, right? I've always, I'm a poor kid, right? I've always been outside this fucking system. I have never been uh, patriotic to the U.S. government. I've always hated it. So I've always seen the U.S. government as as the enemy. From the as long as I can remember having a, a political thought, I've always been anti-government. So it wasn't a huge shock to me to know that this this system wants me dead. Uh, Rob, you want to take it from there? Next. Yeah, this is a great. Great quote that uh, by Scipio Africanus from the Romans. And he says, ungrateful fatherland, you'll never get my bones. You won't even have my bones. And that's what I say to the American government. You know, um, I, same like you, man. I grew up in Queens, New York. I, I didn't experience America until I moved to California. And I saw like the reason I moved to California is I came out for a weekend and I saw a 4th of July in San Diego and I seen tons of white people waving American flags, you know, stuff like I never seen this in Queens, New York. There was no sense of America, anything like this, you know, and it was something that when I moved out to California, I really, I was trying to fit into it, even though I was always like kind of, you know, in New York, I just identified as an Italian. I never, you know, went for that Americana dream, you know. But when I came out to California, I said, you know, I'll start something new. I'll, I'll try and, and get into it or whatever. But, yeah, I mean, the way I was treated, I mean, no fighters, imprisoned, chased around the world. And, again, I'll just give that quote, you know, ungrateful fatherland, you won't even get my bones because I'll never be back in that country. 
you know, after after all the things they've done, you know, I had a fiance, I had a union job, I had all these things that were taken for what? Because I, I defended a woman at a at a fucking at a beach rally. This is nonsense, you know. So now I'm here, you know, it is what it is. Hell yeah. Mr. White, what about you, bro? How did you feel when you first realized this country wanted you dead or this system wanted you dead? How did I feel when I want well, First time I realized it wanted me dead, I didn't like it. Uh, if I had one man, I might not be able to do a lot, but I got to fucking do something. I'm going to have to answer, you know. And that's the thing is, like, life is about responsibility. It's not about pleasure. It's not about fun. It's not about myself. And when you realize you have this problem, like any problem, it needs to be addressed. Whether you can solve it or not isn't up to – it really isn't, doesn't – is not equate into whether or not you're going to do something. You have to do something because it's your job, you know, as a man. So I just, I don't know. The more I learn, the more motivated I get to act, you know? Yeah, that's it. There's a, a quote from um, Borzoi's book, uh, Cultured Grugs. It's a longer part of the, this is, the quote is longer than this, but part of the quote is, there's no rights, only duties, right? The struggle is Correct. sacred. You know what I mean? Right. The struggle is absolutely sacred. Uh, it's so beautiful. Yeah, it, it is your it, That's fulfillment. Yeah. Like, you ain't going to be happy out here fucking sucking dick, you know, uh, watching fucking NFL, getting fat, eating cheeseburgers. That's not where it's at. You you will never find happiness. You can only find happiness in doing your purpose. Yeah, after you know, doing drugs and shit. Yeah, it ain't going to fill you. Yeah, all that shit is just escapism. You know what exactly. I mean? It's, it's a temporary, it's a temporary, you know, band-aid on, on your true feelings, your true calling. Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. Real quick, um, if if I could give my 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 brief take, um, I grew up in no, in a place Canadians where Canadians aren't welcome in this conversation. Sorry, yeah, <laughs> no, I'm fucking with apologize. you. Go ahead, bro. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I understand that because um, you know it's like my family left Ireland where they were being oppressed. They left uh, Newfoundland and and we we arrived in Quebec, and uh, like w w we're an audible minority where I grew up. And, and referendums and stuff were really attacking our culture. I grew up as, as one, of, in one of the only places in North America where being a, a at that time, a white, white English-speaking male, you're the minority. And um, so my little neighborhood was constantly being in, like impressed um, by like French language from the outside. They started dropping immigrants and stuff into our neighborhood as I was growing up and tons of fistfights defending my, my territory as I felt as a kid. And um, I never felt part of it. You know, I never felt like... Uh, like, like any of this was for me. Um, so I've been a lifelong dissident since I'm probably five, six years old, you know, and uh, I just needed to find my, my well-rounded identity. And, and I, I owe a lot to Rob, to be totally honest, because 3.0 gave that to me uh, as, as an adult. You know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm 41 years old, you know, so I've been through my whole life. And, you know, I grew up, I love to fight. I, I have a certain opinion, a certain attitude, way I carry myself. And people tend to, like, not like me that much in, in, in a lot of different contexts. And, and I never really gave a fuck about that. And um, it feels really, really good to, to know who, who you are are um relative to those things so um you know uh, william joyce is is one of my favorite characters i think Ro uh, of history i think rob can relate to to who he is and um that sort of attitude um you know mini frego and and this sort of approach to to the world is, is something that's just very close to my heart it's who i am so um yeah rob's a visionary and i you know i owe him a lot i really do you know honestly Appreciate like that, brother. A, a big part of my journey is i kind of I, I was fooled and i went all in and I saw the darkness that awaits. You know what I mean? I look Satan in the motherfucking eyes, man. And I realize this shit's not right. Something's wrong here. 
you know, I got saved. And then, then it became just a journey from there of light and truth. You know? And a lot of guys come here through that way, right? They go and they buy into this shit. And then they suffer the consequences and they find out the hard way. This is about their destruction. You know what bro, I mean? Bro, Tuber, I, I got recomm to commend you, Tuber. Your stream on Saturday night was absolutely fire, brother. I've never Thanks, heard you at that level. It was unfucking believable At the end, at the beginning, bro, it just caught me right in my soul. So congratulations for that, man. Unbelievable. I appreciate it, man. You've got to speak from the heart, you know, and testify. That, really you did right. it, man. You did it Saturday night. If you guys can go back and catch stream, uh, Tuber's stream, um, Sacrifice, woof. Hey, guys. Uh... I'm sorry to, to to jump out, but I actually got I got something going. I got to step out. I enjoyed being on here heavily. It was great, and I look forward to to uh, being on the next one, man. But I, I got a little something going on, and I got to step out. Hey, man, you're a treasure, and I thank you for everything you do. You know. Hey, I appreciate being on the podcast. You guys having me for the guys all listening and such, and uh, I'll be on on the next one for sure. All right, brother Rob, you take care of your business. Thank you very God much for bless. coming on. That was perfect timing, brother. You have a great night. Thank you again, brother. God bless you. Let's have a good Later, brother. The great Rob Rundo family on his oh, way out. He's way the hell over there across the fucking world, so it's probably like 6 in the morning for him right oh, now. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. He's like, yeah, I got to get the fuck out of here, guys. Holy shit. Yeah, we were actually going to – so I was talking to him, and we've been talking throughout the week, and, and we locked in the time for the normal, uh, you know, 9 o'clock. And then he hits me up uh, today. It's like, bro, fuck. I forgot that like 9 o'clock uh, your time is 4 a.m. for me. Can we do something? I was like, yeah, I'll move it as best I can, bro. I'll move it as best I'll I can. Yeah. Yeah. But it's always great to have him on. You know, you said this, Akila. And when you, you can said. You tell Rundo's hard as a rock, boy. You can tell. Oh, bro, have you ever have you ever seen this guy's hands? Yeah, he's, he's fucking. He, yeah, he's a double tough motherfucker, dude. Yeah, you can uh, hear him. He just, you can tell he's hard. You mm, just listen to the guy. Yeah, he, he's a double tough motherfucker. And, you know, Akila, you said this. You know, you said Rob was largely responsible or the 3.0, like Ram style was largely responsible for, for bringing you over here. And for me, you know, looking back, uh, it was for me too, right? Because. Politics, yeah, I was really into political arguing, and I was a big part of the, into the meme war and shit, and 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 uh, you know arguing with people online and shit. But like I said before, I've always been a a rough, aggressive dude, right? That's just always been who I am. So having that sprouting up right as I come into this whole scene uh, really did help, uh, kind of shift me over into this. It, it helped. It wasn't the only thing, but having that, seeing that aesthetic, that aesthetic there. And seeing that attitude and that my kind of guys were over here doing it, it wasn't all just like fucking, uh, you know, rockabilly skinheads, which I love my rockabilly skinheads. I'm not shitting on them or anything. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> that wasn't the kind of crowd I was used to, right? I wasn't comfortable with that crowd. But seeing the 3.0 kind of Ram crowd at that time, uh, it was something I could relate to, right? And it helped bring me over to this point. Yeah, dude. What brought it, me it, over is cool ass fucking dudes, bro. Like, yeah, legitimate, that's right? That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. I'm laughing my ass off. Guys are funny as fuck. These guys are cool as fuck. I drink beers with these dudes, you know? When you always think that the, the Jews tell you it's like fucking weird skinheads and shit. Yeah, you criminals. You know what I mean? Like gang members and criminals. I'm like, these are actually cool ass fucking normal people like me, you know? Yeah, man. yeah. You find your home. You find you find your brothers. You know, it's it's really the best feeling. Active Club and 3.0 has given me my life back. You know, I, I lost a lot because of, because of, of putting myself out politically and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, proper tearing event that I organized, um, some Ram guys showed up there 
and uh, like I wasn't there, kind of like Rob wasn't at his his fight thing. But uh, it, it it meant the world to me, dude. And um, like guys like Orion too showed up to that, and and it just it just absolutely um, it changed everything for me, man. I, I just learned I learned who I was, and it's I just I just I'm so grateful. Like I can't even express it in words. It, it's 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 why I'm here, and it why I'm able like to do everything I do. Yes, brother. It absolutely was, man. Um, I yeah, I can't put words to it. I, uh... it's really you brought up his 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 fight there, man, and I totally forgot to ask him. My boy, one of my Tulsa one of my Tulsa boys went up there and wrecked fucking shop. He's never fought. He's never fought in any competition, right? He just works out with the active club guys from here, which I haven't worked out with in probably two months, and I need to get back to it. But I fucking went through all that shit with mom, and then I fucked my rib up, so I ain't been out there hanging out with him. I need to get back to it. But uh, he never fought. Amateur, professional, anything went out there and won his one two. I think his two of his fights, uh, one two. I don't think he lost. I think he fought twice and won both times. Uh, yeah, right. yeah, like bro, I want to start doing some of that fighting shit, bro. That bro, fun, get dude. in shape, man. And at the next one, if I'm in shape for the next one, I'm gonna go out there and fight. If I'm in, shape bro, you know for what's weird one. about lifting as like a grown man is like you blow the fuck up like instantly. It's so fucking weird. Like I remember how hard it was in high school to blow up. You know? Well, that it's was totally like, different when you were grown. Yeah, when I started lifting, my body reacted Im- immediately. It's like you blow up. It was yeah, wild. Dude. And it's even, weird. <laughs> even when I started uh, taking proper boxing uh, classes, like, I noticed that uh, I understood the mechanics of my body better than I did right. as a kid, right? So Me I too. understood yeah. how to do things. I don't know if that makes sense. But it's yeah. just age. I don't know what it is, you know? Yeah. The, the, what sucks is I wish I would have gotten into to, to boxing at like 25, where I still had that understanding of my yeah. body's mechanics. And when you were younger. <laughs> but I was young enough to actually fight competitively because I, lo- I would have loved to have been a fighter. I should have pursued. I shouldn't have been such a nigger when I was a kid. Doing yeah, nobody's going to let me do that, buddy. Nobody's gonna let my old ass get in the ring anymore, bro. I'm a fucking liability. You just gotta stay hydrated, bro. That's all. Our old ass has gotta stay hydrated. Yeah. You know, bro, I started drinking Gatorade for the first time, and like my knees stopped hurting. Bro, hey. listen. I was like, fuck. These things are fucking disgusting, and you just have to down it. You just have to down it. But I called, know it's disgusting. They're called right. bio, it's called BioLite. There's oh, a thing called BioLite. Yeah, they call it IV in a bottle. You can get them I thought in. Gatorade was pretty disgusting. Well, this is this is it, this is worse because it has no sugar, right? Oh, so shit. there's no sweetener. I mean, there is sweetness. There's like artificial sweetener, but it tastes like fucking. It tastes like Kool Aid, kind of that somebody poured salt into. <laughs> no, but that salt and shit's important. Yeah, though. all that bullshit's important, bro. And BioLite, bro. I'm telling you, I neck about two of those a day when I can, bro. Because I, I remember the Mexicans back on the site would drink that fucked up Mexican Pedialyte. I'm like, what are these yeah, Mexicans man. doing? They know, bro. They fucking know. Yeah, my they back stopped fucking, hurting from that shit. I'm like, damn, yeah. everything's better. Those Mexicans are also hungover as fuck. Yes, yes. And I, <laughs> I tend to have a drink or two. So I need some electrolytes. I need to replenish. I do. The other day, I drank so many beers on Saturday. I went Sunday morning to the gas station. got a giant ass, like, life water. They called a bunch of Gatorades. I was like, wow, I feel like a million dollars. Holy shit, you know? <laughs> Uh, like, real- where do you find that naturally? Is that natural in anything, electrolytes? Just yeah, water. potassium in bananas, salt in your food, that sort of shit. You can find high levels of potassium in but all kinds of different foods. you can't find it, like, all in one like that, right? It's just no. Uh, no, that, those, those things are yeah. doctored. Like, you know, they're they're put together in a lab to, like, really, like, but you know, in a lab to, yeah, to, to, dudes. <laughs> yeah, meet those needs. Yeah, no no question, dude. Real yeah, quick. It's important. Uh, Run a mucker. Thank you very much. He says, question for the panel. When you open up, 
and they cut you out, what's the way forward? Keeping an open mind for future mending, but guessing you push past and keep marching forward. So I guess you're saying when you admit to somebody your worldview and they uh, distance themselves from you. Uh, yeah, man, just keep, uh, you know, I'll tell you what you don't do. What you don't do is lash out on them and, and, and deepen the wound. Right, that's what you don't do. Uh, you have to show them, uh, you know, nice guy national socialism is a thing that I firmly believe in, bro. I, I believe that unironically, not as a meme, but as a true thing, right? Uh, nice guy fascism, respectful fascism. Uh, remain, yeah, like you said, remain open to them. Uh, let them know you still love them. Keep trying to talk to them. Remain respectful. And just try to explain why you feel the way you feel to them, right? And, and, and with, with people like that, uh, especially if they're close to you, you need to appeal to them on an emotional level, right? Not on an analytical or logical level, right? Because that's not going to work at this point, especially once they've they've already separated themselves from you. You need to you need to try to level with them at an emotional level, uh, and yeah, benevolent, uh, yeah, and keep pushing forward 100. Uh, percent Well, I can tell you, course. I can tell you what I would think is that like, um, well, what the Jews do when they try to manipulate people is they start with stuff they agree on. Right. You know, what do you agree with? And that's actually a good tactic. You need to talk about what you agree with. And you need to earn uh, intellectual trust with this person, right? And show them, like, start naming things that they can handle first to build that relationship and establish that trust. And from that point, you can start pushing a little bit further on things that they may not know. But the first, they have to have that respect for your intellect. And the key to that is all of us who need to study this shit and understand this shit, by, like, 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 front to back. You know, yeah, and the idea of Mini Frego, Mini Frego, like I don't care, right? Um, and and it doesn't mean care, like man. I don't I don't care. Fuck you, right? It could mean that, but it could also just mean like I I'm not hurt by your misunderstanding of me. You know, I still love you. I'm gonna approach this with benevolence. You know, um, keep Christ in your heart. You know, and and love people, and people will be drawn to you. Be solar. You know, let people orbit you. That's it. So right it's, there. it's the most important aspect of our ideology, really. You know. Brother Tipsy, what's up, brother? Thank you very much for that donation. I greatly, greatly appreciate it. Uh, he says, fellas, it's been a great show. Just wanted to let y'all know while I'm on my lunch break. Uh, have a time. Well, thank you, brother. Have a great day at work and be safe out there, man. God bless you. Thug of the Goat, what's up, brother? He says, hail victory, brother. Hail victory. Thank you very much. Yep. Uh, I appreciate all the donations, guys. It really does help out a lot, man. Really does Did help we get the Nate song going? Oh, no, let's play that real quick. That'll be perfect. Let's play the new Nate song, and then let's get the fuck on out of here, man. Uh, we've been going a little over two hours. We'll shoot the shit about the song a little bit. Uh, we won't just rush out of here, but uh, we're going to get on down here. Uh, let me find the song. Boom. Uh, oh, yeah, anybody, anybody who rips this is a bitch-ass motherfucker. Yeah. Don't do it. Yeah, do not rip this song. This is a new track, unreleased, that Rob uh, graciously... Uh, let us gave us the rights to use on this show, but we're not to share it with anyone. And please don't pull it off the thing. Just be honorable. Be a white man. Don't be. I'll shitty. fucking find you. Yeah, don't be shitty. <laughs> All right, let me get that saved, and then we'll play it. Um, I could just. I'll just bring it in right here too. That way, we ain't got to switch scenes from this media file. Uh, boom. Add source. Browse. Here we go. All right, here we go. Here's the new No Face Nate 3.02. 
you can find me with the club Hunting down Mark Zuckerberg to stick him up Whoa to any crackhead ho Hold the drive to hit him up Looking for the damn good This is where you get him up Find a type of side too too Cause soon as you get scrubbed Everybody knows Even the A.E.O. Even just fans shunning Even great E.C.L. Even though they miss more than half the shit I said I let you get in Right there Let me get in 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 there Bold enough to show his face or her face I ain't afraid to bitch slap a slut Take a shit from nobody Yeah, that's right, honey, you've had enough Fuck that, fuck this Trayvon, rest in piss Record execs wishing they could go back and invest in this Sit late now, I've been remodeled Full throttle, got lib shits Begging to go back to Tom McDonald Happiness is nothing but an MG42 And a set of bloody knuckles after beating reds, black, and blue No face been great since coming out the gate Propaganda ministers, the title you can call me mate Owned her kitten since I was a kinder Fucking everybody's minded, never bothering to take him out for dinner I can say Wait, was it, it was echoing? It shouldn't have been echoing Alright, here, yeah, I know, I looked down, I looked over, I was like, holy shit <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna restart it. Yeah, I'm gonna restart. <laughs> they were. Chat was freaking the fuck out. That's what let me know. I looked over. They're like fucking donating, telling me there's a fucking echo. Like holy shit. Uh, hey, maybe I'm gonna keep this motherfucker echo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What echo? Yeah, what are you talking what about? Just <laughs> keep it echo. I got it figured out now. Oh fuck. All right, here. Let me pull this back up. You can find me with the club, hunting down Mark Zuckerberg to stick him up. Whoa to any crackhead hole that tries to interrupt. Looking for the jams, good, this is where you get him, bub. Find a site besides YouTube, cause soon it's getting scrubbed. Everybody knows me, even the ADL. So it ain't just the fans who study me in great detail. Even though they misquoted half the shit I said, it left me dead. Inbred, dead, written, internet, and dicky feds. Almost as pathetic as those redditors in infrared. Bullets still come free, step in line and get your bread. Snapping on a beat like a politician snacking a noose. So fire, but your satire, silly goose. Can't Shut me down unless you go mask off I bet you won't pass laws about speech or it'll blast off How's it feel to know that you already lost the culture war? We got support of getting more was nothing but a daily chore I 
was a joke, turned out to be a great one. Black sun boys, every one of them is Nate's son. 3.0 is the move, fags disapprove. Kinda hard to hear them when they're getting physically removed. Thought it was a joke, turned out to be a great one. Black sun boys, every one of them is Nate's son. 3.0 is the move, fags disapprove. Kinda hard to hear them when they're getting physically removed. All I wanna do today is bully all the Jews and gays. And anybody else I hate, bold enough to show his face or her face. I ain't afraid to bitch, slap a slut, take a shit from nobody. Yeah, that's right, honey, you've had enough. Fuck that, fuck this, Trayvon, rest in piss. Record execs wishing they could go back and invest in this. Sit late now, I've been remodeled, full throttle. Got lib shits begging to go back to Tom McDonald's. Happiness is nothing but an MG42. Let a set of bloody knuckles after beating reds, black, and blue. No face been great since coming out the gate. Propaganda ministers, the title you can call me mate. Owned a kitten since I was a kinder. Fucking everybody's minded, never bothering to take him out for dinner. I consider this child's play, put me on trial. Then I'll just kick back, laughing with a smile, I'll say. It was a joke, turned out to be a great one. Black sun boys, every one of them is Nate's son. 3.0 is the move, fags disapprove. Kinda hard to hear them when they're getting physically removed. Thought it was a joke, turned out to be a great one. Black sun boys, every one of them is Nate's son. 3.0 is the move, fags disapprove. Kinda hard to hear them when they're getting physically removed. No face, Nate, once again, once again. Will arise all day, once again, once again. 3.0, once again, once again. Shadow Rob Ronda, once again, yes. There you have. Yeah, that was No Face Nate. That's a guy that's on Rob Rundo's. Uh, okay, I've heard No Face Nate. Yeah, yeah, that was the new No Face Nate. Uh, so No Face Nate is on Media to Rise's up and coming record label. And guys, like Rob said, he's totally open to. Here, let me end the screen share so it'll quit echoing on y'all. Uh, he's o he's totally open to having NS metal bands. He's like he said, but nobody's making good music and sending it to him, right? So if you guys know any good NS metal bands out there that want to have a shot, tell them to get their shit together and either send it to Rob or send it to me and I'll get it to Rob. Uh, we'll make it happen, man. So it's not like they're exclusively doing that. But to to ignore that part of the culture would be a grave mistake, man. Uh like if you go back and if uh, if you go back and you watch the first time Rob was on, he and I were talking about when he was over at uh, I think he was over there with Casa Pound maybe in Italy. He was over at one of those things, kind of like a Sword and Shield festival kind of a deal. Yeah, that was the black. There was a Molot. There was a yeah big big um, black metal festival. I believe it was in Ukraine, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, and they had rappers there, and that got brought up. Somebody there was like, "Why the fuck you got this nigger shit?" At a at a white nationalist festival, and the guy looked at him and told him, "Very matter of fact, okay, you might not like it, but this is what the kids are into, and we got to reach them where they're at, right? Either they're going to listen to it from a, a a nice white boy, telling them good, sending them a good message, or they're going to listen to it from some scurvy negro that's going to tell them to do drugs and be a criminal. They're going to listen to it one way or the other. We have to meet them where they're at. Yeah, that's right. And uh, just quick, uh, I'd shout out DJ Boxcar, DJ Boomer Tag, DJ Burnt Offering. These guys are making electronic music, and it's fucking good." You know. Yeah, I fucking love trance and electronics and shit music, man. I love that shit. You know, it's good stuff. It's, true, man. it's great. Cause I'm in my mid thirties. I'm an old guy. I like the fucking smooth jazz type fucking, you know, smooth shit. That'd be cool to see, huh? Some more smooth shit, but like some easy listening. I racist would love some music. vocals. You know, like a guy singing. Hey, hold you know? on just a second, guys. Hold up, Nate. I think Nate's in the chat. He said, glad y'all enjoyed it. If that is actually you, Nate, uh, great Yo. fucking work, bro. Thank you for Amazing, being here. Bro. Honored to have you in the chat. 
uh, I love all of your work, man. Uh, you are a gem. You're a rare stone, brother. Uh, Honestly, you sound like a fucking pro. That's what I'm saying. I'm on the show, man. Come, yeah. come see us, bro. Come hang out. Like, I do rap, and it's like goofy. That shit was real. Yeah, that's you the know? thing. No, that's what yeah. I was saying. Like, it's one thing when it's satire, but this dude's actually right. fucking good, right? right. The, the music's yeah. good. The lyrics are off the fucking charts. You know what I mean? And yeah, Nate, you're all, always welcome, brother. Always welcome. And the fucking uh, tempo, absolutely. too, he had. I like Yeah, that. his cadence, it's right? It's not no 3-6 Mafia. I'm a nigga in the hood smoking mad blunts. That's how they rap and shit, you know? No, it, it's 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 got it's got cadence and flow and right. melody to it. It's it's great fucking shit. It's man. not easy to do that, man. Yeah, listen, we, we we need to get uh get airtime and we need to get the culture out there. And I'll just say this, people might disagree, I don't care. Whoever has bear at the end of their name and you guys hang out with Owen Benjamin's chat and all this, so if you guys know <laughs> anybody who fucking does that, send this fucking episode to them, send the No Face Nate music to fucking Owen Benjamin and make him play it for Kanye. I don't give a fuck. If second Kanye hears this shit, he's going to shit his pants. So, you know, whatever. Put he, Mostly because money. Because fuck that nigger, but we want his money. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. But shit, guys, uh, I'm going to get on off here, man. Uh, we've been going a little over two hours, man. I'm going to go try to get some food in my stomach. I still haven't ate. I got straight off work and jumped straight on the air, so I'm fucking starving, man. But uh, thank you guys both very much for being here. Uh, it was great talking with Rob, great talking with both of y'all. Mr. Whitetuber, uh, what do you got coming up, man? What's coming up for the peoples? Uh, I'm, I'm Anyhow, but you know, I'm gonna do a lot of shit. I, I've got a, I've got a, a kind of like a, a Gonzo style documentary planned. I'm gonna do some street interviews. Fuck yeah. yeah, I love documentaries. Those are my yeah. favorite, man. You know, it's not gonna, you know, obviously it's not gonna be a Hollywood documentary because I'm working on a poor man's budget here. But I'm gonna do my best. You know what I mean? We'll edit it and shit. We'll get it. Yeah, perfect. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh. So uh, yeah, maybe we'll get Branseth involved. He's he'll, he'll help that be very pro. Man, I'll tell. Hey. Off air or something, I want to tell tell Francis I'll fucking pay him for classes. Yep. I will pay him okay. to teach me how to do video video editing. I need to know how to do that bad. He'll do that, bro. He will definitely do that. I promise you this. Yeah, one hundred percent. But uh, brother Akila, what do you got coming down the pipe, man? What's going on in, in your world? Tell the people. Talk to the people. Well, as usual, you can find me in National Socialist Fitness Club. My BMAC goes to Sarge over there, so uh, you can hit that. You guys can check out Physique Friday on Telegram and Americana. We're a little slow with episodes, but there's reasons, and and uh, we're gonna be uh, always dropping one a month, uh, every three weeks, something like that. So keep eyes peeled. Um, I, I I apologize if I stepped on anybody, especially Rob. I don't want to do that when we're on air, but I get so excited about this stuff because it means the world to me. Um, and I, I just again I can't I have trouble putting into words. I believe it's the future. I believe it's the future for our people. Um, I believe it's going to save a lot of young white men that are under eighteen, that are um, in their twenties, uh, guys that struggle with substance abuse and different things. Closing out your identity is the most important part of being able to find who you are and become that solar individual for your children, your mother, your father, your your family. Um, yeah, it's just so important, guys. So um, you know, attack on all fronts, all available effective fronts. So. I, I want to encourage people not to shit on things. You know, your preferences are your preferences and everybody's entitled to their preferences as well. And it's most important to be open-minded within our own circles, right? O open-mindedness doesn't include the whole fucking world. It includes your brothers. So find your brothers and get out there and uh, throw some gloves on and get physical, wrestle, throw punches and enjoy each other's time and company. God bless everybody, 1488. Amen. Amen. Oh, yeah. And guys, also, don't forget to... He says Vegas Pro is a nice option. Thank you, Dandelion. 
Uh, don't forget to follow, or I guess you can't follow, but visit americaner.org. I just put a new replay or audio MP or podcast version of the show up uh, last night on Americana. A bunch of great shows there. Uh, Fascist Fitness, Full House, Godcast, Final Storm, Ascending the Spectrum, The White Corner, Action Americana. Just a shit ton. Of, and I'm forgetting a ton of shows. There's a ton of fucking shows over there. Great fucking content. Uh, so definitely go give them a follow. Also, guys, go check out the T-shirt store this weekend. I'm going to put some more stuff in the gear bubble. Uh, I'll make a c- couple other things. Probably something else for Christmas and another uh, T-shirt idea I have. So go, definitely go check that out. Guys, thank you all very, very much for all of your support. Thank you to Heave Watch. Uh, who else we got here? Garen, uh, Garen Radio, Beefy, Night Nation, Chain Reaction, Antique Farm Equipment, Falcon, uh, Nazarite. Run a Mucker, Besot, Normie Pipeline, Thug of the Goat, Verbo, Tipsy, and Full Fingers and Rock Against Communism. Thank you all very, very much. I appreciate that. We also got a new member of the Wignat crew over here, Stony. Stony, thank you very much for hanging uh, for signing up for the Wignat crew. I greatly, greatly appreciate it. Uh, Stony and Boopa. I don't know if I've thanked you guys since you guys joined, but thank you very much. I greatly appreciate it. Also, Real thank quick, you. I don't want to interrupt, John. Just one quick shout out. Uh, my homie Drifter, uh, my brother, and I want to shout out Larry, who's just fucking blowing the doors off lately with his own personal development and things like that. I'm very proud of that, dude. So God bless those two guys. Yeah, good on Larry, man, and God bless him in his journey there. Absolutely. Guys, yeah, thank you very much also to P- Papa Smurf and uh, Brother Verbo. Thank you all very much for the Verbo. cash apps. I greatly appreciate it. And, guys, as always, take care of yourselves and take care of each other. One people, one struggle. God bless y'all, family. Fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. You're cool. And fuck you, I'm out. Oh, oh.
Simple.